Well, hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Trophy Talk. This is episode 98 of your favorite bi-weekly trophy hunting show. I am your host, Colin Kolhoven, joined, as always, by the Closet Recorder. That's his new permanent name, by the way. Plugger, JD. How are you doing this evening, sir? The the bad recommender. <laughs> oh, yeah. The stand in the corner ashamed. <laughs> Plugger, JD. Can I Can I address that really quick? Yeah, expound, please. So... Let's see. Today in the Discord, I got called out for recommending a bad game by our favorite Ooh. EDJ 3DG. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I've brought shame to my name. I've brought shame to the Trophy Talk podcast name. <laughs> and I, I'm deeply sorry and will do anything I can to make amends to this community to <laughs> never recommend a bad game again. Oh, man. Wow. These are very, very deep words coming out right off the bat. Here's, here's what I'll say real quick to that point. <laughs> you have played, and Daryl and I were talking about this. We're also joined by Daryl Fuimano. Hello, sir. We'll bring you into this conversation. How are you? I'm good. I'm, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious about what this game is that Slugger badly recommended. Right. I, I don't remember him recommending it. I'll say that. But here's what I was going to say. Compared to Daryl and I, you have played way 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 not just played platinumed way 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 more games on the playstation ecosystem so eventually you're gonna hit a dud it's just gonna happen you know where one of these games that's a little more fringe maybe a little smaller indie title or something like that is going to not resonate with some folks so i don't think you should feel too bad about it is what i'm trying to say by that What, what was the specific game that you were talking about there so I think I talked about it a couple episodes ago because um, I got the Platinum on the 5th of July. So I guess over this one of the summer episodes, I touched on it. But it was called Industria. Then it was like this, I don't know, this game, indie game, first-person shooter. I watched the trailer, gave me Bioshock vibes, so I checked it out. It, I mean, it wasn't anything amazing. It's made by this like Eastern European indie dev. So it's very jank. The story's kind of all over the place. The translation's bad. But there was a there's cool, interesting concepts there. And I feel like I remember saying, like, hey, if you can snag this for like five bucks or less, like it might be worth a playthrough. It's only like a three or four hour long, like first person shooter with some cool ideas, but you could tell they just didn't have the budget for like what they wanted to do. This is where it gets hard. And I, I was I'm glad you mentioned the number of games played because I was actually gonna use that to defend myself. I was t- I'm, I think so, it's a fair point. I'm looking at my profile right now. I'm kind of ashamed of this, but I have 903 games played and I'm working on platinum or 395 games completed out of those 903. And I'm working on platinum 350 right now. So I have 349 plats. Yeah. I've played some really dud bad games and I feel like my ranking is skewed. Like if I played nothing but like your God of Wars and Spider-Man's and Assassin's Creed's and then played this, I'd be like, oh, this is like a one out of 10, but I've played some like ones and twos and threes out of tens. And I don't think this game is anywhere close to it. I would give it like maybe a five. It's average. I don't think it's horrible. Like, so I think my ranking is kind of skewed based off the number of shit I've played. Yeah, I agree completely that that would happen. It makes total sense. I will say, Daryl, you and I should feel good because this same community member was saying that he's never got a bad rep or recommendation from you and I. So we should, we can feel pretty good about that nice yeah which i'm so, like you know obviously we know who has the better taste in the group now public 
So you know we don't need to we don't need to beat around the bush. <laughs> yeah, you guys only play bangers. You only give the best recommendations. Yeah, I never play any shitter games ever. Just doesn't happen. Okay. Here's what I'm gonna do on our what we're playing episode. So tonight, since I tend especially lately, I've been rattling off five six games at a time. I'm gonna try and throw like a some type of tier of recommendation or ranking at it. So that way you guys can kind of learn, like, I'll probably say, like, hey, my bottom tier is, like, absolutely only play this if you like beating your head against the wall or something like that. Mm. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, we'll be like, I recommend this to anyone and everyone ever should play this game. And that, I don't know, I want to do something because I think when I say, hey, I wouldn't pay more than five bucks for it. To me, that's like, all right, it's kind of a shitter game, but it might be worth it if you're looking for something like quick and easy to play through. And I, I could have expounded on that, so... Yeah, I think that that is a good idea, a fair point. You know, we'll provide some sort of consistent way of dis- discussing these games so people know. But Daryl and I don't have to do that, Daryl, because you and I are we don't we don't recommend bad yep. games. So if we just even if we bring up the game, you can just assume it's probably it's probably <laughs> a game of the year contender. Okay. <laughs> even in passing, okay, the, any mention of the game. Joking, of course. <laughs> um, all right, very good. Well, I'm glad that we addressed that at the top. Thanks for thanks for shouting that out, you know, because that was pretty funny. I was laughed at that. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I I thought was that so was a pretty pretty funny so interaction. <laughs> he posted the platinum, and I was like, he no one's heard of this game. He definitely played that game because of me. And I asked him about it, and he was like, "Yep, it was your recommendation. That five bucks could have gone towards like a happy meal." I was like, "Ah, uh, <laughs> damn it, that's amazing." <laughs> oh, shout out to you, EDJ three DG. Thanks for that. <laughs> that was a funny, funny stuff in the Discord. Okay, I also wanted to shout out something else going on in the Discord. Earlier this year, I guess just a couple weeks ago, obviously, we just talked about Maximum Carnage and his contest that he's throwing for the Spider-Man 2 pictures, uh, Spider-Man 2 photo mode contest, essentially. And I just have to say, I haven't gotten a picture in there yet, but I'm coming for that, okay? Because we have not been eligible for other prizes in our community and we we can compete for this one, guys. So I'm going for it, you know. And if I win, I'll put it back into the community somehow. Maybe I'll raffle it or something. But if I win it, you know, I've, I got the competitive spirit. Okay, that's what I'm saying. So you better get your pictures in there, Daryl. You got something in there which was pretty fire. But the rest of us, I mean, we just you know we're falling a little bit behind. I know Gary Sly G Cooper just platinumed this game. So go on back, get some photos. I'm gonna do the same when I get to it. Hopefully next week around the thanksgiving break and that contest ends by the way on the 26th sunday the 26th of november at 2300 gmt time look at this military time nonsense over here in the uk so it ends at 11 all right 11 gmt on sunday night just fyi slugger are you gonna get a submission in i feel like i should to help uh boost the I don't know. Get some get some more competition in there. Um, but I was really trying to hold out and starting and playing. Well, I've started already, but continuing to play Spider-Man until my reverse A to Z was done. So we'll see. Okay. If I think I can, if I think I can maybe take a winning spot, I may jump in, do some early game missions, snap some picks while I'm doing it, and see if I can snag the prize. Yeah, this is what I was thinking though. Is that you and I are going to be in a similar spot where we're going to be early in the game. And so we're not going to have the access to all the suits that the people that have platinumed the game right. have. And ultimately, their pictures are going to get a boost just from that, just from the skins. It's pay to win. 
you know, it's fucking <laughs> Fortnite in here in this photo mode. Am I right, Daryl? Look at this. Look at the skin you got rocking in this picture here. That ain't no default. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> uh, it looks like carnage. Yeah, in yeah, it looks wild. Looks wild. You gotta play the game to get those suits, man. That's right. There's a lot of them, yeah. There is, and not only that, you can like, so you can get a suit, and then you can like have different variations of the suit. So like, the same mm. suit will have like different color schemes and things like that. Um, I didn't really tinker with it, but a few that I did try on had like alternate versions, which was pretty cool. But <clears throat> yeah, yeah you, you can have tons of suits in the game. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to it very much, very much. But if you are listening to this and you have played or platinum Spider-Man 2, go and submit in the Daily Bugle on the Discord channel for your chance to win. And thank you again, Max, for hosting the event and putting up the money. Much appreciated, sir. All right, another sort of larger news. I know we don't typically dive into the news, but I really get hyped around this time of the year for the Game Awards, particularly because of the announcements that come out from it. But also, it's just kind of fun to go in and vote for your Game of the Year and all that kind of stuff in, in this time of the year when this is happening. So the Game of the Year Awards just announced the Game of the Year nominees really recently. So we're going to list those real quick. So we've got Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Marvel's Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. So I just kind of wanted to open the floor there and just kind of chat about this for a minute because I think it's fun and it's something cool that's happened recently. So, Daryl, what do you think about the Game of the Year nominees? Any surprises? Anything you feel like should have been in there that is not? And what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it comes to no surprise that Spider-Man 2 was definitely going to be one of the contenders. Um, I just felt like that was one game for sure that was just going to be up there regardless if the game did well. Um, Yeah, I am quite happy that I've played a couple games out of the, the, nom- of the six nominees because I think uh, like I'm lucky enough to even have played one. Uh, so this time around, there's two that I definitely played, and there's like a potential to actually have played three of the Game of the Year nominees. I'm hoping to play Alan Wake this year uh, before the year's up. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm quite pleased in that respect because I can have like a really, <clears throat> I can have a pretty good understanding of the games and like what I feel is like Game of the Year. I wish I could have played all of the games, but I don't think I'm like interested in the other three nominees. Uh, just doesn't seem like my style of game, but I would love to play them. Mm-hmm. The only thing I'm quite surprised about is the the Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. So, I have heard many people talk about the other five games: Alan Wake Two, Baldur's Gate Three, Spider Man Two, RE Four, and Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Like I've heard so many people talk about each of these games many times, but the one that's kind of just like you know, randomly a nominee is one I have not heard people talk much about. I don't think I've even heard anybody say one thing about it. Um, So I'm I'm really surprised about this game. Mm. Um, Yeah, that's kind of like my take on the nominees. Interesting. I feel like that's maybe a hot take as well. Slugger, what do you think? Because I I know, just to speak to that really quickly, because I kind of agree, I have heard less in my personal circle about Tears of the Kingdom, but I don't actually know that many people who would say the Switch is their primary console. 
So I don't really talk to a lot of people who game a lot on the Switch, basically. And because of that, I just don't hear about those things as much. But I know so many people were talking about Tears earlier in the year on, like, podcasts and things like that. So, Slugger, what do you think? I guess to build off the Tears stuff, I kind of agree. I mean, it's all... It's hard because I'm only basing this off of what I see really on Reddit. I don't really talk video games much with people IRL out in the real world. Um, (laughs) But I do look at Reddit a lot, just about every day. You know, at least once or twice, check kind of what's popular across all the gaming subreddits I follow. I feel like Breath of the Wild had a longer stay, or the conversation stayed a lot longer than the Tears conversation has. I'll see posts every now and then, but I feel like, and maybe that was, I know, I guess it wasn't, I was going to say maybe it was COVID related, but that was more Animal Crossing. Breath mm. of uh, the Wild was before that. But <clears throat> I remember it was really hot that first month. People were posting all the different zany, like things they were building with the new, like crafting uh, mechanics in the game. And then they just like stopped showing up on my page. And like I said, I'll maybe see a post like once every couple weeks now, but I don't know. I guess what I what I do want to hit on, I saw, I don't remember who tweeted it. I saw it shared on the internet somewhere and it was some tweet by, I don't know if it was a game developer or just a random gamer, but someone pointed out that all these games are either remakes or sequels. Yeah, I was just thinking that right before we talked about it. That's crazy. I guess you could argue Mario Wonder is not really either, but I mean, it's also a 2D platformer Mario, which has been done, I don't know, 10, 15 times now, so... And the argument they're trying to make is like, this is why we're not seeing new creative IPs and seeing developers take risk. And we keep seeing the same games get remade multiple times and sequels ad nauseum because every year it's like all these sequels and, you know, the new IP are getting, I don't want to say snubbed because there's still a lot of new IP down in like the other categories. But yeah, there's not a single brand new IP on this list, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, that's a fair point to make. I think maybe the only thing I would say in defense and just to play devil's advocate is that at least with Alan Wake 2, there's a 10-year gap between the games. So it's not like this is a franchise that's been really bled to death, whereas I feel like Resident Evil, as much as I absolutely love that franchise, has become pretty much semi-annualized in many ways. And so... That is a very, very, very just, you know, digging into that same well for IP move there. And I think Zelda, as much as people would like to say it's a little bit more boutique, it's really still has quite a few, you know, games that release for it. We had the Skyward Sword port over to the Switch. We had uh, Link's Awakening in that new style over on the Switch. And then we've had Tears and Breath of the Wild. So all of those have come out since the switch has come out so there's quite a few zelda games and mario of course it's, i mean there's a mario game to some degree every single year so that really leaves me with you know Baldur's gate 3 which i think even though i haven't played it seems to be another one where there hasn't been a Baldur's gate game in quite a long time there's never been one that released i think day and date on a console since the first two were crpgs so this is a pretty fun or i guess this wasn't day and date this came to pc first so scratch that but either way i still think it's a a new kind of genre for console gaming. And I think it is, it looks like it's doing some very cool things. Unfortunately, from a trophy list perspective, I don't know if I'll ever play it or I'm just going to play it and say, fuck it. I don't care about the platinum. I'm just going to try to get as many trophies as I can or something. 
but that's where I'm at right now. I've only played Mario Bros. Wonder and Resident Evil 4. I will play Spider-Man 2 before the end of the year, and probably not any of the others. I was debating getting Tears of the Kingdom when I go on vacation next year for a couple weeks and taking the Switch with me, because that seems like a nice game to sort of try to dig into, but we'll see. Daryl, circling back to you, anything you want to add about what we just chatted about there before we move on? Um, so when when the nominees was announced and you know there's all these contenders for like the finalizing of the the game of the year nominees i for sure thought final fantasy 16 was going to be up here yeah um, not only because i've heard so many talk, people talk about it but con's always talking about this game at work you know his hands are over nearly at the point of falling <laughs> off and i i for sure thought it was going to be up here but I, I was quite surprised to see that it wasn't so that's just one comment i want to make yeah i think see that's if, a fair point if colin only recommends bangers and i only recommend shitter games we both recommend final fantasy 16 that would make it like an average game it's an average game for most people which is maybe yeah. true, actually. <laughs> which is which is maybe true that most people would be like, "This is okay." <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's a great call out. The other one that, of course, has come up that many people think got snubbed is Starfield. And there's this narrative going around about how Xbox for I think it, man, I'd have to look at it. Defining Duke is where I was listening to the initial conversation about this, but I think it's been ten years. Don't quote me on yeah. that. It's been quite a few years since one of their games has been up for Game of the Year. One of their first-party games. So it's pretty pretty interesting to see. We, of course, have two Nintendo games. We have a Sony first-party game. We have, I guess, two third-party games, and then or three third-party games. So it's pretty interesting. Certainly, Nintendo seems to be dominating Game of the Year discussions, in my mind. Even on the clearly inferior hardware. <laughs> so, it, yeah. Pretty nuts, pretty nuts. Mm. Okay, guys, let's move on. Good discussion, though. Let's get into some platinum shout-outs. So these are pulled from the Discord. I'm going to list off here five different games that people have platinumed or 100%ed in the last few weeks. Give them a little shout-out, and then we'll go around and give a little take on what we think of the diversity here, because I think there's some really good ones this time. Again, you guys are killing it out there. So first up, we have, we just talked about it previously, the Sly G. Cooper with Spider-Man 2. Here's the wild bit to me. 65.95% for this Platinum on PSN Profiles for the PS5. I said a new record in the notes. <laughs> I didn't actually confirm that. I think Last of Us Part 1 is really high as well. Ratchet and Clank, etc. But that's a very high percentage. Pretty wild. Next up, we have Skrillis with PUBG Battlegrounds on the opposite end of the spectrum. Sits at a 1.25% on PSN Profiles for the PS4. A nice ultra rare Platinum there. Well done. Then we have King K6969 with Assassin's Creed Unity, which sits at a 10.43% on PSN profiles for the PS4. Yet another AC game here. We continue to be a very AC-heavy Discord, which I love. Then we have MetRx with Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions. Sits at a 5.76% on PSMP for the PlayStation 3. And lastly, we have Lorenzo Lame, who got the 100% on Dishonored Definitive Edition, that is a 0.83%, 100% on PSN profiles for the PS4. So another very rare slash ultra rare, actually, uh, 100% there, which is awesome. So almost three ultra rares here in this list with Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions just barely above that 5% mark. Daryl, let's go to you first. Thoughts on the plat shoutouts? I have not seen the, uh, 
the platinum percentage on Spider-Man 2. So that that is crazy how high that percentage <laughs> is, is. It's actually nuts. It is. <laughs> the rat plat. Yeah. <laughs> it, it basically is at this point. Like, if you play that game and don't get the platinum, you should be embarrassed. Yeah, it's higher than Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, which is at 60.26%. Wow. That's wild. Mm -hmm. it, it is a, a very easy trophy hunt. I, I will say that. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, PUBG Battlegrounds is pretty dope. You know, the, the Battle Royale games are always one that I tend to stay away from. So very cool that Skrillis was able to achieve that. I know that's a game he's been working on for some time now. Uh, Assassin's Creed Unity. I'll say, like, right after Black Flag, Assassin's Creed Unity is, like, my second favorite Assassin's Creed game. Just because there's, like, so much detail in, like, you know, uh, like, France and during that that time. And I, I absolutely loved it. I, I know people tended to hate on it, but Uni Unity was such a good game. Especially when you play it co-op with three other people. That's where the game really got more interesting because you can coordinate, like, different things assassins can do so that was like one game that i absolutely enjoyed playing and uh dishonor you know dishonor's cool i don't i don't see that game pop up often so that's a game i played on 360 so it's good to see that games getting you know people are still playing that game and it's a very good game in my opinion yeah that's awesome another one that i have missed from the ac area in terms of unity and another one i have not gone back to in terms of dishonored <laughs> so a couple of things there i'd i definitely need to get to PUBG is just wild to me like that's just one of those online battle royale centric games i feel like those ones are always very grindy to get so that's pretty cool i also like we got another ps3 title on this list so ps3 ps4 and ps5 being talked about slugger what do you think about the plot shoutouts uh they're good this week yeah, we got a good mix. We got multiplayer. We got new school Spider Man. We got old school Spider Man. Yes, the the hundred percent on Dishonored. I've heard going for, uh, like the Trials DLC, the Dunwall City Trials DLC is very tough, um, because you have to three star in every single trial. Uh, I haven't done it. I still haven't platinum that game. That's one of those games I think we've talked about where it's like a really intimidating list, but everyone I talk to, they're like, oh, it's really not that bad. Don't get scared off by the list. Hmm. I do want to hit on King's AC Uni, though. I'm stoked to see him get that. I hopped in earlier. I guess it was last week. We hopped in together, did some of the multiplayer trophies we were missing. I forgot how like cool that game was. Um, we did have some issues connecting online, and it was because my account was tied to... You know how they do like Uplay for the Ubisoft stuff? Oh, sure. I guess because that game's so old, even though the servers are still active, there's like some bug where if your account's linked to Uplay, you can't link up with other people. So we're trying to like do co-op for like probably 45 minutes and we're searching and searching. We can't find each other. Trying to invite each other. We're like grayed out and it won't let us invite each other. And I found some posts on PSN profiles where they're like, hey, uh, if this is happening to you, unlink your Uplay from your, your PSN. I did that restarted the game instantly worked I'm like, oh, Man, yeah. such a weird such a weird bug um but we go in i i guess i never really dove that far into the co-op with this because i'm thinking or once it worked he's like all right i'm joining your game i'm like okay cool i'm thinking we're gonna like load into a mission and right it just spawns into the open world like you have the whole world you can do that whole game with two people 
Hmm. And I think even, I don't know if you can do more. I know some missions you can go up to four people, but I was kind of shocked that we were allowed to just like run around the open world. For some reason, I thought it was like set missions and you can only interact in those set missions. So we had a good time. I agree with Daryl. I think that one was super underrated. I think it got hit hard because it launched in a poor state. But like going back now, that's one of the busiest, most crowded like cities I've seen in a video game. Like we were doing one mission where we had to break into this church and assassinate a couple of people inside. And outside the church, there was like a riot going on. And me and him were in the standing on top of these buildings overlooking the crowd. That's where you start the mission. And there's literally like hundreds of NPCs in this like big plaza area. And I even remarked to him, I was like, holy shit. Like even in co-op, like there's yeah. hundreds, maybe thousands of NPCs just like standing here in our way. Like it kind of blew my mind. I forgot. Wow. I don't know. I forgot it was that dense. So I'm happy. I was happy to help him. Happy to see he got the plat relatively quickly because I know he just had a few cleanup items to do in there once we were done. Yeah. The the funny thing he was saying in the Discord too was that he leaves his uh, system on in rest mode, I think, a lot. So it, his hours for that game are incredibly inflated compared to what it, is, what it actually should be for the platinum. So it was nice when he did the little write up in the Discord as well that he put the hours that it would take minus the the rest mode stuff because it was much more reasonable i think he had like something a hundred something close to 150 hours if you just looked initially but then if you took out the rest mode stuff it was closer to 60 or 70 maybe so mm -hmm. mu much better <laughs> all right guys good stuff next up we have got some special shout outs to our patreon supporters so this is a big thank you to everyone over at patreon.com slash trophy talk podcast, where if you like what we do, you can go on over there, check out our various tiers of support and throw us some love. This is a big and special thank you to Pat the Trophy Hunter, the Sly G Cooper, Maximum Carnage, Diego Juan, B Down, King K6969, First Mage, Zachary, the Portland Kevin, Skrillis, Against Me 75, and Buff Cupcake. Thank you all so much for the support of the show. It really means a lot, so thank you again. And we've got a couple questions. As per usual, one of the, the tiers of support over there, if you're at the silver tier or above, you can write in a question each and every episode to the show that we will answer to the best of our ability. The first one comes to us from the Portland Kevin, and he says, if you could go back in time and take complete creative control over a game's design choices, what game would you pick to do over, and what would you want to change? My pick would be Metroid Prime 3. I could talk for 30 minutes about what I would change about that one. Another would be Dead Space 3. Interesting that they're both the third in a trilogy of games. Slugger, hmm. what about you? What did you have for this question? I struggled a bit trying to find a game for this. And then I, I was scrolling through my list because I wanted it to be something I played. And I came across my Marvel's Avengers trophy list. And that just like immediately popped out to me. And I was like, yep, that's going to be it. Um, have either of you played this? I don't think you guys have. I have not. No. So I'm sure you've heard about it. Um, they tried to turn. So I think the idea in theory is kind of all right. They tried to turn the Avengers into a games as a service. And it was like, let's take <clears throat> the mechanics or like re they were trying to. There was a lot of design choices that seemed like they were trying to rip off Destiny. And it seemed like they were trying to take the mechanics and games as a service style of Destiny and throw it into the Avengers, but it's a third person like action brawler. 
um played a little bit mixed between like spider-man and bat batman arkham uh the arkham series and they just completely destroyed this game with the games as a service shit um if you wanted the cool like different types of suits you're paying like 15 to 20 bucks a suit which is really frustrating because then you go and play like spider-man or spider-man 2 and it's like here's like 40 suits across you know 60 years of spider-man history for free or you know with your purchase so you go into this game and you only have like basic suits and everything else you got to pay for so that was knock number one and then you can tell um the campaign wasn't the main focus. It was like, how do we get guys grinding for the best gear, grinding for cosmetics, and grinding for battle passes? Because the campaign is only like, if I remember right, six to eight hours. Very short and left me wanting a whole lot more. And then everything else, all the other trophies, all the other gameplay, everything else is like co-op, co-op, co-op. Replay the same missions over and over and over or drop into these very small open worlds with nothing interesting in them and go beat up bad guy A, and once he's dead, go beat up bad guy B, and then you, like, uh, exfil out of there. Right. It it stinks because I think if they went the, the Guardians of the Galaxy route, um, where it was just a really strong single-player game, the game would have been much more successful. They still could have launched DLC. Shit, they probably still could have sold like suits and stuff um Mm -hmm. but i would have loved to see that campaign be like twice as long and then give us like more story missions more single player focused story missions still let me like run around with a group and i don't know maybe you can i don't know if i would want it to be full guardians of the galaxy kind of like colin how you feel about final fantasy stuff i think it would have gotten a little too overwhelming if you were controlling yourself and then giving actions to the other characters but at least let you let me make a party and you know pick what character i want to control and then roll around with my party in camp in a very strong campaign mode yeah if i could change it i would have wiped all the games as a service shit and just made a really strong single player like marvel's avengers campaign or even let you like go through the story co-op but it's you know story focused and not end game fucking grind your ass off focus right so right yeah i think they really well, I don't want to hate on the game too much because I haven't played it, number one. And also, I know there are people out there who who didn't really hate it and who actually felt like it was okay as a games of service game. I, I, don't, I don't know yeah. if I've met anyone who loved it, but, but I, I do know some people who were like, it was okay. But they definitely squandered the opportunity of releasing that game so close to the hype that was Avengers Endgame in theaters, right? There was sort of that kind of synchronizing thing going on there where the the movies were hitting sort of their peak in cultural relevance. And then Mm -hmm. this game was being talked about and was going to be coming out. And I think you would have had so many people get into that if it was a single player experience. But like you said, the the games of service stuff just really, I mean, I know it turned me away from the game, Daryl. I don't know if it had a similar effect on you, but that's one of the reasons I didn't play it because I didn't want that experience. No, I didn't really have that experience. It, I saw the game and it just didn't really seem like a game I was all that interested in. Hmm. I, I had kind of gotten tired of the whole Marvel hype. It was it was starting to become exhausting for me at some point. It was like movie after movie and now we're getting a video game. So I was just like hopping off that bandwagon as soon as that game had came out. Sure. 
And I did actually see that they're slowing down next year. I think there's only one Marvel movie coming out next year, which is oh, yeah. pretty unusual. I, I believe it's been at least three for the last few years. It's Maybe, a it's a friggin' mess now. Yeah, they've really kind of put themselves in a corner. I don't really know. I don't really know how to fix it because I don't know the IP at all. <laughs> but I just feel like I I don't really want to see them for a while unless it's really different stuff to what we've seen before. Like, like things like Across the Spider Verse are are great examples of okay, yeah. this is kind of cool and interesting, and I'm down to check this out. I I don't need to see yet another heavy CG superhero movie in the box office in the summer. Not not that they're bad, but they're all just firmly okay, at least of recent years. They're all just kind of in between that six and an eight range for me, and it's like there's just too many of them for me to care about these anymore. <laughs> I just I just can't do it. But anyway, we're getting away from the point. I, I totally agree on your game choice, though, Slugger. I think that's a good one. Daryl, let's go to you next. What did you have for your choice of a game that you would redesign? Uh, so for me, the game that I would redesign is Mafia 3. Mm. So uh, this is actually a game I've enjoyed a bit. I actually like Mafia 3 a lot. Um, what I would change is actually the, the main character for the game. So the story itself is really good. I liked it a lot. I think the location is pretty cool. Um, you know, in New Orleans, Louisiana, in the bayou, the swamps. I thought that was a really cool location. Mm -hmm. It seemed quite weird at first because it's like, when you think of like organized crime, mafiosos, gangsters, you don't really think of like in the backwoods somewhere. You're thinking of like in a, a major metropolitan area. So I really didn't like it at first, but I think it kind of grew on me over time. But um, the main character, which I have no problems with. I actually like Lincoln Clay. I think his story is pretty interesting. You know, he's a Vietnam War vet. He's coming back to another war back in his hometown uh, against, like, mafia, you know, the, the gangsters and stuff like that. But I think what everybody wanted was a continuation of the main character from Mafia 2's uh, story. So a lot of people were expecting Vito Scaletta to be the main character in part three. And I was in, you know, I'm talking about myself as well. I actually thought he was going to be, you know, the, the, the character that's going to make a return in part three. We didn't get that. We got a Lincoln Clay. But I would for sure focus the story on Vito this time around for Mafia 3. I think his the way his story ends in part two just needs a little bit more. Needs there there needs to be a little bit more revealed about his story. I think his story kind of ended abruptly, and I just wanted to learn a little bit more about him because there's like I don't know how long the the gap is in between both games, but he he's certainly an older guy by the time part three comes out. So I kind of like a little bit more, you know, backstory on Vito during that time period. But I would love to have focus Mafia 3 on Vito. He's just a character that a lot of people really enjoy playing as in Part 2. And I think you could really do a lot with him. It's just, it's just sad because at least, you know, the times he comes up in the game, I just felt like he, I really wanted to play as him, not really see him as an NPC. Mm -hmm. Because you can have him join 
your crime family as an underboss, but that that's pretty much it. That's all the interaction you have with the character. And there's like a few missions you have with him, but that's really all you get from the character himself. So I I would just love to have the game focus on him. Yeah. And then maybe kind of revamp some of the activities you can do in the game itself. So once you kind of get going and you're trying to topple this uh, crime family that you have a vendetta against, there's um, different ways you can really hurt them to kind of start to take over control of the area. And it becomes fun. You know, there's different, uh, like, rackets you can take out. There's different, like, um, you can really hurt them. But, like, as, at, like, like when you get pretty further into the game, it gets very repetitive. Like, you're doing the same thing over and over. Like, oh, this person you need to take out. You know, this person is distributing drugs. Or they're, like... You know, in charge of like very sensitive documents. We need you to take, take them out. That's basically what you're doing as you're like trying to, you know, take over control. And it got very boring. It's like the same thing over and over. There wasn't really a variety of things you can do. So I'll kind of change up like some of the activities you can do. Like, you know, may, maybe you can like shake up a place, you know, um, you know, maybe do like a gang shootout, stuff like that. Like, right. I, I would definitely mix it up to make it more, you know, seem like it, it was more like, how do I say it? I, I would definitely include things that would make sense, like in the, the mafia fashion, for sure. Interesting. That's a, a cool choice, too, because of the fact that Mafia 2 Definitive Edition or whatever just came out. I think it's just remastered, actually. Just came out on PS Plus recently. So if people have played the first game, which I think they also gave away on Plus, and the third one. I'm, haven't they given away all of them? Am I going crazy? Regardless, you have a chance to get into this franchise here. And I know you really liked Mafia 3, so that's a cool choice that you'd be... still. You still think that there's room for improvement there, even though you did really like the game. Basically. I do. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Did you, did you get the Platinum? Yeah, I got Darryl? the Platinum and 100%. Did you have any like glitch issues? I know that's kind of the big thing with that game. I thought that's what you were actually gonna like lean into. I, I did have some glitches with the game. They weren't too um bothersome. I think I had like some issues with like a couple trophies that weren't popping for me. But uh I didn't have too many glitches with the game. Okay, cool. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so I, <laughs> I legit typed out, and I was telling Daryl this before we started recording, that I put the obvious choice in me for, be, for me would be Halo 5, but in an effort to discuss and talk about something different, I will go with something different. <laughs> because I think I've talked to death <laughs> about Resident Evil and Halo on the show. So maybe something kind of surprising that I came up with was a change for Aliens Fireteam Elite, which is a game that I think had a lot of promise in the IP that it dealt with and in the idea of a squad based alien sort of shooter. But the way that they really relied on these numbers and this gear score and sort of the repetitive nature of just grinding these main missions out was the part that got a little stale to me. So I thought it would be kind of fun to have this game be a strand style squad based survival action game set in the alien universe. So what I mean by that is you would basically log on to a server and you and any of the other Marines would have sort of your home base ship 
that would be hovering above a planet in this server. And whenever groups or squads did excursions down to the surface of the planet and into maybe mines, but maybe just other more normal biomes and things like that, you would encounter the aliens and you would have the same sort of gameplay style of the different classes. You would be, you know, exploring and pushing deeper and deeper onto this planet. You'd get better gear when you exfil and you would go back to the ship and upgrade and yada, yada, yada. You still have that loop, but the difference comes in where the community kind of is collectively pushing through and exploring. And I had this idea of like when you get to the end of the the certain planet that you're on, you would get this event would trigger for everybody to take part in, which was a raid. And then when you did the raid, I was sort of envisioning maybe Destiny 2 style stuff here. You could finish this raid, kill the hive, and whenever your squad or anyone else did this, it would sort of add up and eventually you would all be able to collectively have done it enough times as a as a server to move on to the next planet kill the hive move on to a harder planet different biomes new weapons new gear new stuff like that so it becomes much more of a community-based experience and less claustrophobic because i feel like the thing with alien fireteam elite was they have to make it claustrophobic but the the way that it felt just was too repetitive and you can only do so much when you say i want to have a game set in space or on this planet that's claustrophobic what that really means is really long series of corridors and hallways that are much similar so this way you get to kind of expand that a bit so yeah i thought that would be cool i was like all right maybe maybe they could do something with this type of ip in this game and it would uh yeah it's sort of envisioning like space marine 2 but with the aliens ip to some extent in terms of like the setting and you'd be more outside and yeah so that's what i had that's what i have for my pick portland i remember oh go ahead when all of us played that game, I think it was like the first three or four stages you're inside. I remember there's you get those two or three missions back to back where you go outside and the first one we're all like, Whoa We're, yeah. like, we're on the planet now, we're yeah. not on a spaceship anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just becomes I don't know, too it's too they use it too commonly in the game. There's another game I'm playing that's doing the same kind of thing I'll talk about when we get to what we've been playing, but that's like one of the biggest sins you can commit, I think, is to make an environment samey and stale. Mm-hmm. It's it's tough because games are always going to just be some sort of a gameplay loop or a combat loop or whatever. So you already have repetition in the mechanics. If you don't provide differences in the environments, you just you're fucked. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, that's a that's a great question there, Portland Kevin. Thank you so much for it and for your support. Remember, check out PlayStation Plus Game Club. For his podcast, I think I've finally picked a game in a time frame that I can go on that show and talk to him about. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be early next year. So I'll keep you all apprised as it comes around. Next up, we have a question from the Sly G. Cooper, the invisible slash visible banana himself. And he asks, what are the most difficult, the most fun, and the most boring platinums you've earned so far? And what difficult platinums are you planning in the near future? Let's go to you, Slugger. What did you have for this one? I had trouble nailing it down to just one choice, I must admit. Let's see. I When you say most difficult, I immediately wanted to jump to Vanquish, but I've talked about Vanquish a couple times on the show, so I think that's the most difficult, but I think I have a few that are either equally or like right below it. And the one I want to hit is Crash Bandicoot 1. Oh, the the fuck remake. That. Fuck that shit. <laughs> so 
my Crash Bandicoot experience when I picked up this whole like remastered collection was very limited. I never owned any of the games. Well, actually, I owned, I forget what one it was. There was like the PS2 one. I remember it being kind of shitty. But my Crash Bandicoot 1, or I guess 1 through 3 experience was limited to like playing at my friend's house. So I remember going to my buddy's house and we'd play Crash Bandicoot Warped during sleepovers and he didn't have a memory card. So it's like we had to play it start to finish and, we, you know, we'd be awake the entire night working through that game. Mm-hmm. So I get this remake or this remaster collection when it comes out way back in 2017. And um, so it's kind of my first time going through it outside of, you know, playing here and there growing up. I raged so hard going for the time trials in this game. I forget the level name exactly, but there's a level where the, the entirety of the level is crossing this very long wooden rope bridge. Oh, you God. have a rope a rope on the right and a rope on the left and wooden planks down the center. And that's the whole level. I think there's a few little like canyons that pop up that give you kind of a safe spot, but you're being timed. So you're not hanging out in these safe spots and you got to get, um, I don't forget what level of, uh, relic because there's a relic for like developer times and you had to get one below that. I want to say it was like platinum relics. I know gold are better. So gold relics, Oh, Road to Nowhere and the High Road are the two trophies. There's two levels that actually have it, but the first one's not insane. I think it was High Road, if I remember right. Right, yeah, that's the second one. That oh God, that level sucks. <laughs> this one, I'm, the one I'm thinking of, Yeah, I want to say that was High Road, but I'm not 100% sure. And I remember getting stuck there just playing normally. I'm like, it's a hard freaking level. But I wasn't really like worried about time trials. So I finally get to the time trial section, and I get to the stage and I try a couple times doing the level legit <clears throat> where you just you run straight down the bridge and you're dodging the enemies and you're making the right jumps. And some of these jumps, you have to be like perfect. You have to like you have to slide jump. Exactly. You have to do the thing where you like slide off a ledge and your body is like off the ledge, but your hitbox is still on the ledge. So you it looks like you're going to fall, but you're not. Don't worry. Like then you jump off of midair i don't know do you kind of get what i'm saying there i, I do and the um, other complicating factor to note is this is a level where you're running in a straight line you cannot like it's not to the side so you can't gauge distances in a 2d no. sense right your what your back is to the camera so it's re- it's really hard to describe well but it makes it extra difficult <laughs> yeah it'd be like playing a like third person like the camera's behind you mm-hmm. and you're just running oh, forward but there's there's wooden planks that fall and there's enemies that are throwing stuff at you and uh really difficult jumps you have to have this whole thing memorized like you're memorizing like a music sheet on the piano or something like it has to be like perfect to a t there's a cheese i could never get it to work successfully or i could i could get it to work like half the time but there's a cheese where at the very start of the level you can like jump onto you do a high jump onto like one of the rope sides, either either the left side or the right side, and you run across the rope like it's a balance beam. It lets you dodge the enemies. It lets you dodge the beams that are, that are going to fall. It lets you dodge the gaps you got to jump, and you just run down this line. The problem is it's very difficult to like run on. I spent hours upon hours trying the rope trick, trying to get through it normally, taking breaks, coming back, you know, taking breaks for a week, coming back like... I I easily spent 
I would say four. Mm, that even feels low. Probably like six to eight hours on this level until I finally got it. Yeah, and that's like, intense. It happens like halfway through the game, this level. So it got to the point where it's like, I'm going to drop this and go to the next level and I'll come back and try. Or I can't get it. Go to the next, next level. Come back and try. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It it was frustrating. I, I wanted to give up, but I was like, nope. At the time, I think the the platinum was like kind of rare or what it, it was like 5%, I think, at the time. And I was like, that's doable. To me, I get scared when things start dropping below five, but like five and up, I feel like I can handle it. So I I persisted and I got it. But I know that level has broken other people. It broke me for um, sure. I, I mean, I was still yeah. casually playing the games, not really trophy hunting. <clears throat> and I was just getting, I got to like 70 something percent in that game on the trophy list. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Maybe I'll try to get the platinum. And I started going through those time trials, time relics. And I got to that level and I was like, nope. <laughs> but but I didn't even give it more than, I think I gave it maybe, I don't know, a few hours. So I didn't really practice it very much at all. But I was just like, this is not, it's not I'm not having fun with this. And just so yeah. people understand, that rope basically on the left and right of the bridge, it has a, it has a, geometry to it it has a a box where it is a solid like physics object in the world i guess not physics because you can't push or pull it but you can stand on it and so mm-hmm. the problem is the actual hitbox for it is so narrow and it doesn't seem to be a straight line either it's not like you can walk on it just holding forward very perfectly and you'll stay on the rope i think there are parts of it that maybe because of the posts in the bridge or other things kind of like Jag- they're a little bit more jaggedy and they go left and right very slightly and that is what caused me to fall off all the time and so yeah. i was like okay the- yeah it's just not <clears> happening <throat> i don't know this is a daryl thing daryl you should play this because it's really hard <laughs> <laughs> i think i eventually did it was i could comfortably get i don't remember the exact point like the halfway point of the level i could comfortably comfortably get there like playing normal and then from there, it kind of turned into desperation mode. So I would try and progress. But if it looked like I wasn't going to make a jump or I needed to make a desperate move, I would jump left onto the left rope and hope I hit it. And then I never stayed on the rope. If I ended up on the rope, I would keep jumping up and down off the rope, kind of like a kangaroo. And that seemed to help rather than just trying to like land on it and run. Because like you said, it's never like a perfect straight hitbox. Mm-hmm. But I felt like when I was jumping up, up and down off of the rope constantly, I was able to like, hang in there more um so, yeah that yeah. makes sense totally yeah that so your brain fuck that, for, dude. <laughs> for most difficult um two and three were much easier but they gave you many other tricks and abilities to kind of get through stuff yeah if i was going to um, do any of those i would go back and do three if i was going to go and actually get the the finished dude, I, platinum for any of them. i love three yeah yeah if you're going to move on to your most fun maybe i was thinking we could do we could go all around and do our difficult first all together okay, yeah yeah just Let's to kind it. of to switch it up a little bit actually uh so daryl if you don't mind what what did you have for your most difficult game uh so most difficult I, i've talked about a couple difficult platinums uh these are my more difficult ones out of all the games i played but um i think my most difficult between the two definitely has to be outlast 2 um yeah i just I narrowed it to this game because the trophy hunt, I, I guess, was very, very challenging. Mm-hmm. The there, There's this one trophy in the game where 
you know, you have to beat the game on insane mode for it, which is the perma-style perma death um, mode in the game. But the, the crazier trophy is trying to beat that mode without reloading your camera battery. So you got to go through the whole game without reloading once, which added a whole different challenge to the game itself on top of trying to beat the game without dying. So, uh, very, very, very difficult game. Very difficult trophy to acquire, too. And I, I, I came down to this game being my most difficult because, you know, my other game, obviously, is Wolfenstein 2. You know, I've talked extensively about that game. Right. But Outlast 2 definitely takes the prize because it's a, it's a survival horror game and i think when survival horror games have trophies like the one i mentioned where you have to beat the game on the hardest difficulty under some sort of like condition um like not reloading your camera battery for example dude it just makes the game so much more harder <laughs> and it's a survival horror like dude you're you're going to be scared shitless all the time so it's like I'm trying to beat the game on the hardest difficulty and I'm trying to not be scared so I can like concentrate and not like screw up my run oh yeah that was like kind of one of the things that really you know made the game or made my runs very like like very sweaty man cuz I'm like I mean once you play the game a few times you kind of have already gotten past like all the scare factors in the game but like the further and further you get into the game, it's like, you know, you're, any wrong move can definitely screw up things. So that's what kind of made those games very, very difficult. And, you know, there's this game, the first one for sure. Um, what other horror games are there? I mean, Resident Evil isn't, like, the newer ones aren't really that scary. They're not all that survival horror-ish. Yeah. But, um, you know, they have some some sort of trophy in there that makes it a little bit harder. And I'm sure, like, some of the harder games or some of the older, scarier games have trophies like that. So, yeah, that last two for sure for me. Yeah, that that's a great choice. I knew it was going to be between that or Wolfenstein, like you mentioned, was another. that all, It always comes to mind. I don't think I'll ever be able to think of that game without thinking of you. <laughs> Just because of <laughs> you're the only person I know who has the platinum in that game. It's absolutely wild. All right, so for my most difficult, I also kind of camped out in the realm of survival horror when I was initially looking at it. I wanted to shout out Alien Isolation. I actually don't think it was incredibly tough, but the, it's a rarer platinum to get, to have. It's like six point something percent, I believe, maybe six even. So it's a, I don't know. The Nightmare Mode is, is it's challenging, but in a fun way. I think that game is just awesome. I, we've talked about it a lot on the show over the years, but really, if you haven't played yourself played that game, you're doing yourself a disservice. You should go check it out. The other one I got to shout out for my boy is Demon Souls for Eli. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of joking, but I'm also a little bit serious in that this game definitely broke me. When I was looking at my PSM profiles, it took me nine months to get this platinum. And that's when I was actually into trophy hunting at that point, right? And I was already doing the show, and I remember talking about it. And I had to take a break for many months and come back to it because I felt like the New Game Plus run was really challenging and I ended up I remember I had to do new game plus plus because I had fucked myself over with one of the particulars in the trophy guide and I know slugger you had to hop in and do co-op with me for a few of the bosses because my build just couldn't do, <laughs> just couldn't do it I was severely underleveled basically by the time I got there so 
I think Demon Souls is a fairly legitimate shout out. It, it is a seven out of ten on the PSM profiles guide. So yeah, I wanted to shout that out. And then last but not least, I'll say Last of Us Remastered. I put a few more on here when I was brainstorming, but Last of Us Remastered is another one that's just barely on the other side of an ultra rare. It's just above five percent. If you do the hundred percent for the game with the DLC, it's actually like one point something or lower. So it's a, a pretty rare one. And the difficulty comes from the grounded mode that you have to do, grounded mode plus, basically, and you have to do all of the multiplayer in that game. We talked about it a lot earlier this year, but there's the complex complexity of the other players you're playing against could be very good, which would make the multiplayer portion challenging. If you don't have other people to play with, the multiplayer portion becomes even more challenging. And so you have all of that plus the the difficulty that's the hardest difficulty in the game. And it really pushes your knowledge of the systems and the maps and the layout. But it's all so fun. So Last of Us Remastered was the one I would say. It's between that and Demon Souls for me personally. But shout out to Alien Isolation. Let's go to you, Slugger, then, for the most fun Platinum. Ooh, this hard. I, I couldn't decide, so I picked three. Um, That's how I felt. I, <laughs> but I won't. I'll go through them pretty quick. I got... You'll you'll sense the trend. Operation Tango with our boy Eli. Mm. Um had a blast playing through this with him. It's a two-player uh puzzle type game where one person plays as an agent and the other person plays as like a spy. I guess that's kind of the same things, but like the agent's doing all the tech work. <clears throat> so if you're the agent, you're doing you're getting like codes, you're hacking into you know, the enemy's, like, mainframe, you're passing to the spy, like, hey, you're looking for a green door. All right. And you have, like, a code book in front of you. In the green door, you're going to find, like, this fuse box. Is there two red wires? Yes. All right. You're going to cut the third green wire. Uh, so very puzzle-focused, okay. uh, communication-heavy game like that. <laughs> we struggled on a few of the levels, but I, we were laughing a lot, having lots of fun really good times playing that game i highly recommend getting to that if you guys haven't played it yet whoa 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 don't recommend it this is don't this don't recommend it. it it could be shit EDJ, listen, e yeah <laughs> listen i said i was gonna do a ranking system if you have a good buddy this is a highly recommend game okay me and eli had a blast okay okay um i think eli would back me up on that <laughs> no i know many people have played it in the discord and, and have enjoyed it yeah, it's good times. It did, I my only qualm with it was it was too short. I wanted it to go longer. Hmm. So then I got Fall Guys with the boys. We oh. talked about this recently. I always had a blast playing. You know, doing our community nights, jumping on with I don't know anywhere from like four to eight of us in party chat and just losing our minds <laughs> in Fall Guys um, because of COVID and Fall Guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. It was an honor and privilege sharing that platinum with you guys. I had a lot of fun. It was um, it was it, very fun. It was like half fun and half like extreme, like pissed off rage. There was no in between. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll never forget how disappointed I was when I had four wins in a row legit and I died legit, on the on the yeah. fucking hexagon final final thing. I I will yeah. I was I just at that point felt <laughs> like it was impossible. Like it, I would never get another opportunity like that. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. <laughs> That's uh it's a legendary game. Yep. Um we you know, we need a new one. We need a Fall Guys too. Yes, we do. 
Or DLC. Mm? <laughs> mm? Something to bring me back. I won't go back if there's no new trophies. Right. Um, and then last but not least, uh, this was my favorite game last year. It Takes Two. And I played that co-op with my wife. My wife's not a gamer by any means, so she struggled through parts of it. There was a couple times we had to switch characters because her character would have a gun or something and like aiming was too difficult for her, so we'd kind of swap. But through the majority of the game, I played as the male in the game. She played as the female. Uh, it's very beginner-friendly. Uh, even though she's not a big gamer, she was able to hold her own most of the time. But like the story is really cute and sweet. Uh, really great music, really awesome gameplay that is constantly evolving and changing as you go. Every level, there's almost a new ability or a technique or item that you have that helps you progress compared to previous levels. And that's another one I would, that's another like highly recommend. And I know the Game Awards, whenever that yeah. game launch would back me up. I, I, think, th I think that was last it. year, maybe? I can't remember. Yeah, it, it won Game of the Year, didn't it? Yeah. I think it did. Yeah. Maybe it was two so years that, ago. It's a really, really solid game. Highly recommend if, you know, play with your partner, play with a good friend. Um, the story is divorce-focused, so I think me, it's like, you know, you play as two parents who are going through a divorce and kind of struggling with how to explain that to your daughter. And me and my wife are semi-newish parents. I mean, we have a four-year-old, but it was kind of cool to see the conversations that it sparked outside of the game with some of the themes they had inside the game. Sure. So... Very cool. Yeah, I do need to play that at some point still. I don't know when or with who, but it would be nice. My wife d does game, but not a ton, so that would be, yeah, probably a similar experience to what you yeah. went through. You could you could get her on this. Mm -hmm. and like, I have, if she and can I have, play, she like, casual, sense, like, Switch games, yeah. then I think she'd be fun. Okay, cool. Very nice. Daryl, what do you have for the most fun? Uh, I had a few as well. <clears throat> but my honorable shout-outs would definitely be Deathloop, Deathloop, mm. and Ratchet and Clank. So I, I really Apart enjoy those games. Or the first ones. one. Yeah, Rift Apart. Okay, yeah. Rift Apart, the newest one. I played that one recently. I fell in love with that game. That was such a cool game to to play, and the, the trophy list was pretty easy. So those two are my honorable shout-outs, but the game that I had a lot of fun playing and didn't really care about the trophy list at first was man eater oh so man eater was like a really fun game for me to play it um you know you play as this shark this baby shark and just over time it just grows into this massive megalodon and there's like so many things you can do with the shark you know you can swim around take on other marine creatures uh, I think my favorite part about the game is when you can take on the apex predators in like the different areas you're exploring. So you, you got to like fight like different sharks, alligators. There's like this one area which was kind of like a like a shutdown like Sea World theme park, and you could fight like Shamu in there. That what that was pretty cool. Uh, but Man Eater was cool, man. It was like an open world game. Had a lot of stuff to do. I think the coolest part was just like being able to eat people. That was, that was, like <laughs> was my favorite it? <laughs> thing to do in the game. You just eat people, you know, you could just chomp on them and just like throw them at other like 
enemies and things like that that was pretty cool it, it became like a like a gta style of, of game like you, you got like notoriety for being just, just a crazy like threat on on the water so like they were sending like police after you then eventually there's like these soldiers that come after you and divers that are going underwater to try and take you out it, it was a fun game i i really had a good time with that game that's awesome I totally forget about that game until you, you like someone brings it up and I'm like, "Oh yeah, that does look really fun." And it has a very reasonable trophy list in terms of like it's a 2 out of 10 difficulty, one playthrough, 12 hours. So, really not yeah, so bad. And then the DLC is like 5 hours, I think. So, the DLC is where they really catch a slip and it, it got really hard. Oh, interesting. <laughs> uh, during that P- uh, DLC. Hmm. Yeah, the difficulty scales up for sure. Um, but it's still a good experience. It was well worth the money. I can't remember how much that DLC is, but I, I really enjoy the game. So I, I had to pick up the DLC to continue that story. Nice. Let's see. So for mine, my honorable shout out for the most fun is Miles Morales. The only reason I didn't pick it was because it has a new game plus trophy, which is just, it just didn't need it. You know, if it would have just been. The single playthrough, you can get everything, 100% the map, 10 to 12 hours. I think that would be probably the most fun, straight-up experience. So I actually went with The Last of Us Part 1, which is maybe a little surprising because of those reasons, where I was trying to think of other things where it's like, what's a single playthrough type of game that you don't really have to worry too, too much about collectibles, but you can also just, it's such an amazing game on top of the fact that the trophy hunt is chill, and that was the one that, really came away with that. I think you could say the same for probably either of the God of War titles or, you know, Spider-Man. Obviously, we talked about how common the Spider-Man 2 Platinum is because it's a great game and the trophy list is really fun. So having not played that, though, I was going to say The Last of Us Part 1. And my special shout-outs go to uh, Hybroxia 2 and Super Parables of Baking, which I think are really fun. Again, the theme for mine is shorter games. The most fun that I have when I'm playing and platinuming a game is when the game feels like a very solid experience on its own and the trophy list doesn't get in the way of that. And so both of those combine for all of these things. So Hybroxia 2 and Super Perils of Baking are both things that you can get the platinum in in probably, you know, a day and a half to two days. You can it's a weekend platinum, which I think the people who made it, Lily Mo and Last Stand Media have talked about. They designed them that way on purpose. So I totally it checked out with me, man. I thought they were great. Especially Super Perils. I thought it was really, really fun. All right. Now we're on to a not-so-fun topic in the most boring platinum <laughs> you've earned so far. Let's go to you, Slugger. What do you have for this? So <clears throat> I really wanted to say the Philippix game, but I spoke about that recently. It might have been our last episode or two episodes ago, um, which was a puzzle game. Don't recommend it. So the next most boring game I had where I wanted to... Mm, I'm not going to say it. I wanted to bang my head against the wall. Yeah. <laughs> it was called Stories, The Path of Destinies. This was a PlayStation Plus game. Mm, came out in, looks like it was 2016 time frame in the fall time. You play as like this fox and you're like a, I'm not going to lie. I don't remember a lot of it, but you play as this <laughs> fox. And I think you were like a mercenary. There's a princess you're trying to save through a lot of it. And the big, like, hook of the game, or sorry, before I talk about the hook, it was kind of a hack and slash, like a top-down hack and slash. 
in the vein of like Diablo, um, but a little more tight knit. There was no gear system. It was all just about your abilities and your skill. And actually, even though it was top down, the combat was kind of like the Arkham series where it's like uh, certain, you know, visuals pop up over an enemy's head. You got to dodge different type of visuals pop up over an enemy's head. You got to counter. So the gameplay at first started fun. But you have to beat the game 24 times. And this is where the hook comes in. Uh, I think it was 24. It's up there. It's in the mid 20s because you have to see every single piece of the game and every stage you can make a choice there's like five stages so you do stage one and i'll say do you go at and it starts after you beat stage one um it'll say like here's these five different objectives you can do so you pick one of them i want to go after the princess that brings you to stage two you finish stage two and you get like two more choices. I want to betray the princess or I want to continue trying to save her. I don't feel like I'm spoiling this here because I'm kind of, there's a lot of paraphrasing. I don't remember exactly. I'm trying to give an example. So you pick one of those and you go to stage three and then there's two more choices and that spits off a different like uh, line on the timeline of choices you can make until you get to the fourth stage and then it, you get okay. like, one last decision. Yeah. So you have this whole web of trees across four stages on how you can beat the game. And there's four different endings. There's only three to four interesting ones where they're like vastly different. And those are kind of the main ones. And everything else is just like a very minor deviation off of one of those main ones. If you think of like the controversy that Mass Effect 3 had when that launched, where it's just like, oh, it's essentially all the same ending. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, with very, very, very minor twists. Or you think about like the Walking Dead Telltale series where it's like, yeah, everyone's kind of going to get their own little twist on the ending or they're going to get to the ending in a different way. But the ending's roughly the same. It was like that, but you got to do it 24 times and you're playing through the same four levels, regardless of what choices you made. It was the same like four to five levels. And like I said, it was cool and fun and interesting to see what was changing and what was different for the first like four or five playthroughs. And then it just stops being fun. And then it just turns into a massive grind. Each run took about an hour. So you're looking at like a 25 ish hour playthrough. And yeah, I was over it by hour five. So 20 more, <laughs> yeah, it's 20 just more fucked, hours is it? of just, and it doesn't sound like a lot. We have a lot of people in the discord of, you know, done a lot worse to themselves where they, you know, spend a hundred hours in a game. They don't like just get a platinum. You look at like JV or Pat, those guys will do it all the time. Yeah. But, um, they'll just, they're just grind Lords and they're, they just, yeah. fucking they just put their, put their foot down there. Like, I'm getting this shit, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. This was not one of those games. I absolutely did not like this game. I liked it at first. If you don't care about trophies, <laughs> I'm not going to recommend it. Don't, uh, don't yeah. I'll say leave it, it. I'll leave it at that. I don't, won't recommend it. Don't, definitely don't. It's on the most boring. You know what I'm saying? You can't be recommending yeah. that. I was going to say, if you don't care about trophies, I think it's a cool, it has cool and interesting concepts with the amount of like choices you can make in the story. But if you're a trophy hunter, absolutely don't recommend, don't touch this game with a 10 foot pole. There. <laughs> there you go. All right. I'm learning. I'm learning. You got it. You got it. <laughs> All right, Daryl, what was the most boring thing you ever platinum? Um, <clears throat> 
I mean, the most boring one is one that I've talked about before. I think out of all the games I've played, this is probably the only boring game I've played that I've platinum, which sucks because I have a lot of uncomplete games that I have not finished, and I can certainly throw that into the mix, but, you know, I don't have the platinum in it. So the one that was the most boring for me recently is The Quarry. I hate, I hate bringing this game up because every time I bring it up, I'm always talking about how such a terrible time I had with the game. But The Quarry for me was boring after the first playthrough. Yeah, man, I just really did not like playing this game so many times. And I, I've played other games styled in this format where it's like multiple playthroughs, different endings, different decisions you can make. But this one, for some reason, it just was so boring. I, I just, I did not find anything like interesting about the game. But yeah, yeah. for me, it, it's the quarry, man. I, I wish I could say good things about it. I mean, there are some good elements to the game. But I just feel like overall it was so boring. Like some of the characters I really did not have any like investment in. And that's probably what it was for me. Like some of these characters are so annoying. And I mean, granted, this is like a summer camp. So you're bound to like have so many different characters that you're just annoyed with. And you're just like, dude, I don't like this character. And I had a few where I was just like, every time I see this character on screen, I don't like it. Yeah, but for me, the game was a bit boring and, you know, I didn't really follow a guide. So that's probably what's adding to, you know, this whole mess of a game for me. It's just like, I'm pretty sure the guides would have made this so much easier, but, you know, I, I didn't do that. So the, there's spending so much time on this game is what kind of make, makes me, you know, have this game be like my most boring for sure yeah i think those are tough man when you're forced what i'm hearing from both of you guys about the most boring is the things where you have to do repetition multiple playthroughs right just going through the games again with very little actual consequences to the decision points that you're making that's tough i almost put for the same reason the guardians of the galaxy telltale game but that isn't a multiple playthrough thing but i was just like dude this just feels so on rails like i just don't feel like i'm actually interacting there's a couple of those telltale games that i don't think landed as well as the others but i actually went with the first choice i put down was anniversary or contra anniversary collection because it got to the point in some of those stages where literally i was just rewinding every 30 seconds or so or reloading a save every 30 seconds or so to get through some of them. I just felt like some of those early Contra games were truly, truly tough. And I didn't get to use the Konami code on like 90% of them. One of the games you actually have to get all the endings in. And that's, I think, maybe three or four of the bronze trophies in that list. So, And that was one you couldn't use the Konami code on. So you had to just get kind of used to it and figure out which character to use that was the best and all that kind of stuff. And it just really took away from I, what I would expect is the loop of the game where you're kind of kicking ass and moving through it at a steady pace. Because I was just shit at the game. So that was the, the first thing I put down. And a close second to that would be Arcade Geddon. Because I didn't really have tons of folks to play it with after the first, I don't know, week or so. And I don't blame anybody for dropping off of this game. But it just became something where I was like, okay, well, I'm committed to getting the platinum in this. But I definitely don't 
you know, I don't begrudge anybody from dropping off. And I had some of my friends who would play with me from time to time, and some of you guys would play with me from time to time, and that was very helpful and very nice. And eventually I did get the Platinum, but it involved really milking as much as I could out of that game. There wasn't a ton of variety in the bosses. Some of the stages were, were like little mix-ups each time you went through it because it was procedurally generated in some ways, but overall the biomes were pretty much the same. The only variance came in where the different chests were that were hidden around the levels and potentially some of the guns and stuff that you would pick up, but it just came down to figuring out how to get a good combo and build your multiplier, and once you figure that out, I could really get through a run in about 30 minutes with all the best gear, and then it became not so bad, but still pretty grindy. <laughs> so that one is actually currently my rarest platinum trophy, and I think that's safe to say why, because it's quite tedious and boring to go for for people. So yeah. I'm still gonna do arcade again, and yeah, man, I would agree it was pretty boring. Yeah, it's I don't. It's fun for the first ten hours. I'll yeah, s- I'll say that. Was, yeah, that's fair. Because I was gonna say I did have fun when we played, but the thought of doing like forty more runs for that for the fifty run trophy, uh I I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, again, it's not too bad once you have your gear set up and you know exactly what to do but it's still even if you can do it perfectly in 30 minutes you still have to do it 50 times or whatever so mm-hmm. or 51 times i think the ps5 version i think there's one more collectible weirdly enough so you have to do it one extra time but yeah either way that's what i would put for that and then let's quickly go around and do the final part of this question slugger we'll start with you just give us one game what is a diff- what's a difficult platinum that you're planning in the near future I'm not planning anything, but I always want to. I always like the idea of roguelikes. I've said that a lot of times. So I'm going to say Binding of Isaac Rebirth. Okay. Hell yeah. That's a that's definitely a hard one and a roguelike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there you go. All right. I like that choice though very much. Daryl, what about you? Uh, for me, I'm going to go with Hell Let Loose. <clears throat> Ooh. Uh, right now it's sitting at um it's ultra rare man i'm looking at the playstation native side of it it's a 0.2 percent oh man very rare um not particularly great at first person shooter games especially tactical shooters um i played the game a little bit i found it very difficult to play um but i only put like maybe four or five hours into it so it's going to be rough. Some of the trophies are a bit grindy, do 100 certain things. Um, there's multiple trophies in that like regard where you have to do like 100 certain things over and over again. Um, but yeah, it is a game that seems interesting, so I really want to hop on that uh, before they start having talks of server closures. Awesome. Yeah, good choice there. Try to hop on that before too much time goes by. Just because they haven't announced it yet, you know, it could, once they do, it, sometimes those things vary wildly. It could be like a month <laughs> before they shut it down. But sometimes, and hopefully, they're, you know, these companies are learning to give people a longer heads up for that stuff. But I do think that is a great choice. I have two that come to mind based on the list I put together for next year of what games I want to go after in my backlog. The first one is Shadow of the Colossus, which isn't a crazy difficult game, but it is a 6 out of 10 and does require 6 playthroughs according to the PSN Profiles Guide. So I'd say that qualifies as definitely harder than my average <laughs> for what I do. And the Platinum right now sits at a 7.53% on PSN Profiles. 
The other one is Evil Within 2. And weirdly enough, this one sits at a higher platinum percentage, at least according to the screenshot on the guide for the for the platinum on PS4. This one's at 11.17% on PSM profiles, but it does have a, a difficulty mode it, you know, that's very notorious. It's an 8 out of 10 difficulty, 3 playthroughs, 45 hours. I'm going to try to go for both of those in the coming year. Definitely Shadow of the Colossus, I want to get that platinum. Evil Within 2, if I get to a point where I'm only missing a couple trophies, I guess that is what it is. The one unfortunate thing about that is the only gold trophy in the list is the one to beat that classic mode difficulty. So if you don't get it, your percentage is going to be, you know, it can only get to like whatever, like 65 or something, maybe 70% on the overall list, slightly above that. So you're going to be incentivized, or at least I am, to try to get it done. But that is what I got. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. We'll see if I stick to it. I know you were poking me when I posted that list. <laughs> if I actually yep. will, I, I give myself four months. <laughs> I give myself four months before I break and go off. I think schedule. in theory you'll stick to it, and then like some surprise drop will happen. It'll be like, oh, this banger game that Colin's super interested in is releasing in April, and you'll be like, fuck the list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm playing this new game. That's the thing because. Like, there's a lot of great games already announced in the early parts of next year, but admittedly, nothing that I am necessarily a day one purchase of. Like, Infinite Wealth looks amazing, but I have no context for that franchise, so I'm not going to get that. You've got Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, also looks very cool, but I haven't even platinum the first one, which I have progress in. So I don't know. I'm I'm hopeful that I won't get surprised. I think it if it, you know, what it would really fuck, or what would really fuck it up is uh, Silent Hill 2 remake, if that came mm. out. But yeah. I can see them maybe holding that. So we'll see. All right, guys. Let's get in then to the Roundup, the PlayStation Plus Roundup Club. And this one comes to us from Slugger JD. I guess they all do. So take us away, sir, on the Roundup Oh, boy. Club. Okay. We got a lot of games this month. Very controversial month. Okay. Um, from what I've seen on the Reddits and the Internet, some people are... Some people like a few games, but the vast majority that I've seen, the general consensus is not a very good month. I'll see if you guys agree or disagree. So I'm going to hit the game or games that have been out and they have like difficulty and length. I'll hit those. So we got Dragon's Dogma, Dark Arisen, 6 out of 10 difficulty, 90 hours for the Platinum. That got an 81 on Metacritic. Mobile Suit Gundam Extreme versus Maxi Boost On. Never even heard of that. It's a fighting game released in 2020. 79 on Metacritic, 6 out of 10 difficulty, 50 hours in length. That game has no platinum. Super Liminal, 78 on Metacritic, 4.5 difficulty, 5 hours in length, 1 platinum. Dead Island Riptide Definitive Edition, 61 on Metacritic, 3 out of 10 difficulty, 28 hours in length. That game comes with a platinum. River City Melee Mock. 72 on Metacritic. Uh, no difficulty or hours to beat on that one. It comes with no platinum. So that's just another 100% game. Ayudin Chronicle Rising. 73 on Metacritic. 3 out of 10 difficulty. 25 hours in length. That game comes with a platinum. I've actually played a little bit of that off Game Pass. It's a very, very basic side-scrolling RPG beat-em-up. It's kind of fun, but I thought it kind of got boring pretty quick. So 
I don't, I'm probably going to butcher this one. Nobunaga's Ambition Tayashi. 69 on Metacritic, 5 out of 10 difficulty, 80 hours in length, 1 platinum. Uh, looks like that's an RPG strategy game. Don't know much about that game. And then alternate Jake Hunter, Daedalus, The Awakening of Golden Jazz. What a name. 75 on Metacritic, no trophy guide on that one. One platinum and a whole bunch of trophies to go with it. And then I've not mentioned um, Teardown. Teardown is launching onto PlayStation Plus Extra. Obviously no guide since it's so new. Um, but in that game, you are destroying blocks of buildings and things from what i understand there's like heist missions and you have to like prep the heist missions by creating a path to whatever you're stealing by blowing up walls taking down buildings stealing cars and placing them elsewhere so you can use them later it looks like a lot of cool like destructible type stuff it kind of looks like a very artistic minecraft but with smaller, more destructible boxes. I don't really know how to describe that. It looks cool. Check it out. And then on PlayStation Plus Premium, we got Grandia, which I've heard is a pretty decent RPG. Jet Moto. I know that's pretty popular. Mm. Up, which was a PSP game. Klonoa Fantasy Reverie series. Now, I know the Klonoa character, but I've never played the Klonoa games, but I like I recognize the, the character. Um, so I'm actually kind of interested to check that out because I'm a premium subscriber. So I may, I may dive into that. And then Parappa the Rapper 2, which all the Parappa the Rappers are great, but those are very difficult trophy lists. So Godspeed if you do that one. Godspeed, pilgrims. What right. sticks out to you guys? Well, Colin, you're freaking... Uh, yeah, I'll tell you right now, none of them stick out to me, brother, because I'm not fucking touching these I things. I know, I know. <laughs> we all know. And if you're smart out there, you won't touch them either. You'll st you'll stay in your backlog where you belong. Is, all right? Colin, you... has a, Colin has essential. Colin doesn't even claim the essential games. If he had extra, he would go out of his way to not play the extra games. Yeah. So, Daryl, do any of these stick out to I'll you? I'll fucking purchase <laughs> an extra game. Don't don't tempt me with a good time. <laughs> don't try to give me that thing for free. <laughs> uh, I got to say that Teardown is probably the more interesting one out of the bunch. As you're describing it, it sounds interesting. And then looking at it for the first time, you know, I, I definitely see like the, the Minecraft inspiration behind it. Honestly, everything else... I'm not really all that excited about like what it kind of sucks because there's normally like a couple games that really catch my eye and like had no one mentioned teardown I probably would have just been like oh yeah there's no good games this month I mean Dead Eye and the Riptide I've I've seen you know over the years yeah I'm not definitely I can see why people said this is definitely a, a boring month for sure for the PS Plus subscription yeah, it's it maybe a little bit underwhelming, I guess, compared to some of the previous months. The extra and premium tiers are really so hard to gauge for me because it's going to be really subjective in terms of what games from the PSP and the classic libraries that people really want forward the most. I'm still like, where the fuck is Parasite Eve in Dino Crisis, dude? Where are these games? That I'm telling if they if they added those, that would tempt me to get the service or at least buy them all a cart. <laughs> I would at least just go and buy them for 10 bucks or whatever. 
I just I feel like there's a couple of really obvious omissions that people have been clamoring for for a while. I I wonder if Parasite or not Parasite Eve, uh, Dino Crisis is like cooking in the oven, um, getting ready because I saw some post on the PlayStation Plus subreddit where they were saying like the Dino Crisis logo was appearing in like Facebook ads for oh. PlayStation Plus. It would be like a an official PlayStation Plus ad. And like a Dino Crisis, like game logo would be in one of the slides because you like slide through them in the ad, all the different game offerings. So I wonder if that's something they're working on. Maybe they're struggling getting it spun up. But um, my two cents on this list, I agree. I think it's a weaker month. Teardown looks pretty cool. I've watched a couple YouTubers um, kind of first interactions with the game. It looks interesting. And then I stopped because I didn't want to spoil anything. Um, but the physics of that game seem really, really cool. And then Super Liminal, that's a game I've put in and out of my cart just about every time it goes on sale since it's come out. Um, I don't know if you guys know much about this, but it's a first-person puzzle game, and it plays with like depth perception. So in the trailer I saw, it'll show the player picking up like a chess piece off the table and then you see him pull the chess piece closer to his face, and then you can like click a button and spawn it into the world. And your perspective of the puzzle piece or the the chess piece at that time is how it spawns in the world. So if it's like close to your face, it spawns in super giant. If it's farther away from your face, it spawns in very very tiny. Um, and then you kind of like manipulate the world using objects, using depth perception, spawning and respawning things to uh, like figure out puzzles and how to progress kind of like portal like i mean i can't compare it to portal but it it's a first person puzzle game with some cool mechanics so i know those two i'll probably check out at some point over the next few months very nice and just to update you to maquette oh go ahead yeah very yeah you know very very similar to maquette and just to That's update you guys out. real quickly on the dino crisis piece you were correct plugger so here's what happens i guess they the PlayStation is launching a new store in the UK and they're launching a new sort of like service or look for the service. And it's also launching in Hong Kong and a Reddit user slash, or sorry, a Twitter user was able to log on to the Hong Kong store and see that it's part of their ad there where Regina is displayed as the main front character for the category in the store for classics catalog. So that seems to indicate that Dino Crisis 1 is indeed at some point coming to the classics catalog. We just don't know when the real thing so that's pretty not, damn cool dude i've never played that so that's supposed to be like resident evil with dinosaurs right yes it's by actually the same team as resident evil one so resident oh, evil one originally was directed by shinji mikami over at capcom and he obviously went on to do resident evil 4 and the evil within things like that but after he finished resident evil capcom was like this is a great success like we should build on this but they wanted mikami to move on to another ip so he took his team and he made basically Dino Crisis as the follow-up. It was a different director, producer, etc. for Resident Evil 2 and subsequently Resident Evil 3. So if you want Mikami, you got to go to Dino Crisis, which is pretty interesting. Sounds dope. Yeah. I hope it happens. God, please. Sony, make it soon. With trophies, though. With trophies. With trophies. Please. And also, let me get it a la carte. Okay? Let me just buy it. All right, I'm going to be... They've been pretty good about that, but they haven't been good about the trophies. Right. That's true. Make it happen. Please. Please. 
All right, guys, very good. That rounds us out with the PlayStation Plus Roundup for November. I'm excited, actually, to see what the essential games are for December because we've had a couple pretty good months recently. It's going to be good. Let's start talking, guys, about what we have been playing. I, I think I'll go first, and I'm going to try to make it quick just because I think maybe you guys might have a little bit extra to talk about, but also because I don't want to be repetitive, and I've talked about one of these games at least at length already on the show. So here's the skinny, all right? I'm playing Final Fantasy 16 still. <laughs> I'm at oh, yeah. It's amazing. Slugger and I just recorded a spoiler cast with a community member, Maximum Carnage, which you will see at some point if you're a patron. And yeah, we had a great time talking about the game. I think it's just awesome in so many ways, especially on that initial playthrough. And I am a little bummed it wasn't up for Game of the Year because at this point I probably would have voted for it. But I will say that the New Game Plus run is a little bit of a chore, and it totally changes the way that you interact with the game. So I'm about 70% of the way through it on New Game Plus. The really difficult and lengthy boss fights, a few of the icon fights, I'll say without spoiling too much, like you can probably guess which ones, I have gotten through at this point, and these are multi-phase boss fights, very cinematic things, very long gotten through them, and they were pretty grindy. You know, my hands were sore, as Daryl alluded to, <laughs> after I was telling him today how, because of the fact that I'm trying to get through it as quickly as possible, I'm skipping every cutscene where I can, and I am also just mashing through all the dialogue that I can. So effectively, what the game becomes when you do that is a little bit of walking, and then a bunch of fighting. <laughs> just over and over and over again. And... The enemies in New Game Plus are also pretty darn spongy in my experience. It's not so horrible that you're just you're blown away by the balance. It's not like it's so poorly balanced that you can't do it, I guess. But I finished the main game at level 49, and right now I'm up to level 68 or 69, somewhere in that range. And I will say that the enemies are always five levels higher than me, at least, at a minimum just doing all the main quests and side quests and stuff. And I'm not skipping. I'm doing every single side quest again, by the way. I'm, I haven't decided if I'm going to do the hunts, but I'm doing every single side quest again in the game, trying to maximize and get the experience points and the ability points where I can. And I also have an attachment on my character, which gives me 30% bonus XP. And I am still six to seven levels behind all of the enemies in the areas that the main story is taking me. So that should just tell you that if you, if you have the option, you haven't rolled into your New Game Plus file yet, I would grind a bit. I would, I would probably level up with the XP boost on in your main, main game file for, I don't know, 10 levels or so. Something like that to just make it seem a little more, a little more doable. The, the one nice thing I'll say about New Game Plus, there's a couple nice things, I guess, but one of the nice things I'll say is the gear system becomes much more needed. Whereas you didn't really have to do that too much in the main game. In the New Game Plus mode, you're going to be getting upgrades pretty consistently that you will want to put on. And this is even after I had the best gear in the game at the end of normal New Game. Pretty quickly, like the first sword you can buy from the store is better than that weapon. So you're going to be switching stuff out again pretty much the whole time. And it, it does make you interact with the combat in a different way where you maybe got through the game in a certain play pattern and in New Game Plus, like you really have to use the best, the most OP spells, the most OP button combos and spell combos or icon ability combos to get through the bosses and deal maximum damage. I legitimately took over an hour 
on a boss fight last night just because of the, how much you got to hit these things to get through them. And the game is still gorgeous and it's still beautiful and it's, of course, really cinematic and I absolutely loved my first playthrough. You, cannot, you can't take anything away from that. But what ends up happening because of the New Game Plus is this is an f- amazing video game with just a good trophy list. That's probably the best way I would sum it up. It's not a bad trophy list because you can do almost everything on your first run. But having to fully max out your abilities and uh, also complete the game again on Final Fantasy mode just seemed a bit unnecessary, I think. And on a mecha- because the main game already took me 70 hours to beat it the first time to get all the other trophies. And from a mechanical level, what making you get every skill does is it effectively means, hey, there's not really anything important that you should... You shouldn't go for a build, really. Like, don't be worried about a build when you're initially playing the game and, and maximizing a certain style because you're going to have to do it all anyway. And if you choose the best skills up front, it just means that all the AP and all the abilities you get in your second run are useless because you're not even going to use them anyway. So you're only doing fights to get points to pour into this system that is effectively no longer needed. And those are pretty real critiques that I think you can level at the game in, from a trophy perspective. But from a game perspective, it's absolutely incredible. And I still, my rating system is better, guys. I highly recommend Final Fantasy 16. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, Slugger, of course. But I highly recommend this game. I'm sure you would say the same. I know, Daryl, yep. we've, we've beat the drum. I want, hey, you to, I, I want you to get to it at some point. I know this year is, it's not going to happen. But I think you, you really should do yourself a favor and play this game at some point. Okay. So yeah, that's, what's your yeah? Go what's ahead. Your genre. What's your like favorite genre of game? Favorite genre. Uh, I mean, I I just got. I guess lately, it's probably just more like. I'll say it's kind of been horror. Okay. Well, started. I would have guessed that. Yeah. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I just need to know so I can make better recommendations. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, and I really love horror games too, and everyone knows Final Fantasy and JRPGs are very hit or miss for me, but this particular one really hit in a good way, and I think the game is tons of fun. So go check it out. To, yeah, I was trying to think of what Daryl has played that's similar to this. Like, how can we convince him to play this? Hmm. I mean, it's an action-adventure game if you've played a third-person sort of melee game. It, it's. I don't want to say it's like God of War entirely but it actually doesn't have it's it's got some similarities with god of war ragnarok and god of war 2018 in the sense that it's very cinematic it's highly produced it's single player it's relatively linear with some open areas it's the amount of side quests that kind of thing we can talk about the rewards from the side quests whatever they both have yeah. flawed geared systems <laughs> that, that, that don't need to be there and you know both of them are, are really well acted. So I think actually there's a lot to say there. So if you if you like Ragnarok, maybe Daryl, I don't know. Yeah, like you have Fallen okay. Order. I would say it's similar to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the first one there. Final Fantasy 16, New Game Plus. Like I said, about 70% of the way through. I'm I thinking I'm thinking I'm going to be done within a week, which will put me on track to still have the end of this month you know, to start Spider-Man 2 and hopefully get a good chunk of time in. I got a five-day weekend coming up next weekend because of Thanksgiving. So I'm really, really looking forward to that after the busyness that the previous months have been. And I know, Daryl, you are too, obviously. It's going to be great. So the second game that I've been playing and I platinumed is Platinum number 98 with Assassin's Creed Mirage. 
I'm two away from 100 now. So the way I've worked it is Final Fantasy 16 is going to be Platinum 99, and then Spider-Man 2 will be Platinum 100, which I think is awesome. And I'm really looking forward to getting that milestone and then feeling much more free to just go after whatever I want in no particular order for a while again. Uh, similar to FF16, I did a spoiler cast with <laughs> with Gary, uh, Invisible Banana, on AC Mirage. We got into some really good discussions about just the Assassin's Creed franchise in general. That's also going to be a patron-only episode, at least for some time, at some point in the future. So look forward to that. And it was awesome. I think this game, again, from a trophy perspective, is really, really solid. There's only a few annoying trophies, specifically one towards the end of the game that I grinded out for having to collapse scaffolding around the city. So as you're traversing and doing parkour in the city of Baghdad, this game takes place in a single city, Baghdad, in the 9th century, and as you're traversing, there are these little things that you can tug a rope sort of on, and this structure of wood and stone that's not very big will fall over, and if anyone's chasing you, it'll actually kill them. I've killed civilians with it on accident, <laughs> which is pretty funny, or you know, it'll also distract them enough so that you can get away. And you just don't encounter them enough to grind out the amount you need for the trophy just naturally through the game. So there was a period at the end of the game where I found this loop on YouTube of like, if you spawn at this particular viewpoint, you can run this route in the city and they'll respawn every few minutes and you can get three of them by doing this little loop. Like loop. And so I ended up doing that to grind that one out. That was a little bit annoying. And the other one is that I found like just not naturally occurring was to get kills while blended with the crowd, which is, gosh, if you love old school AC, that sentence right there was amazing for you. Because yes, you can do that again and there's social stealth and you blend in with the crowd and you can kill guards this way. And I just found that it, for some reason it didn't end up happening quite as much as I would have thought, even though I, I played very heavily stealth in AC Mirage. And I think the stealth in the game is very incentivized as opposed to the newer trilogy where it's stealth until shit breaks breaks out and then you're just going to fucking kill everybody and it's going to be no problem. This game, if you break stealth and you try to fight in open combat, it's not very good combat and it, le it leaves a lot to be desired, first of all. And the tool set you have is much more limited. So you really, really are going to be doing a lot of stealth in AC Mirage and that's why I liked it. Also because it didn't overstay its welcome. It was about 25 hours or so. And the only other thing to, that I would call out is I think the game is gorgeous. It, is, it's, it looks incredible. I think it's built off of Valhalla's engine, but is, you know, a PS5, as running as a PS5 title, it, it just looks really great. I think Gary said there's a lot of water porn, <laughs> is what he said in the spoiler cast, and it's very true. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of areas that are just, you know, you take a second, you're like, wow, this is very atmospheric. There's some good wildlife. There's some really great scenes of bustling people through the city. And the, you hear all of them speaking Arabic or Farsi or different languages. And it just sounds really, really cool. It's a very immersive game. I would recommend this game if you are a fan of old Assassin's Creed games. If you're a fan of the newer titles, I don't begrudge you that at all, even if they're not for me necessarily. But they, this might not be exactly what you're looking for. But the story in this game ties in with Valhalla, so that's where the complication comes in. If you're invested in that storyline, then you might want to play this, even though it's not going to be like Valhalla in terms of the rest of the gameplay. So it's a little bit weird. I'd say maybe wait for it to go on sale for just a little cheaper. I think it's worth $30 or $40 easily. I paid $50 for it. I don't regret paying $50 for it, but I could understand wanting to wait. So that, that's the other one, Platinum number 98, Assassin's Creed Mirage. Anything to add on that? Are either of you guys going to play this game ever? 
I'm definitely going to oh. play it, but it's going to take me some time. Uh, I mean, I got to finish the Z to A. I got to do Spider-Man. By the time I get through all that, Infinite Wealth may be out, and I'm on a Like a Dragon kick. And Rebirth I, will be out around then. God, yeah. But I love Assassin's Creed. I'm definitely going to check this out. Okay. Very cool. What, about, <clears throat> what were you going to say, Daryl? Um, I would like to. I'm so far behind in the series. I think I still need to play um, Origins. That's the newest one I need to play. Um, There's just so many other Assassin's Creed games to play, but I, I would like to play this at some point. I, I definitely yeah. like to play the games in the order they come out, so yeah, <laughs> I may make an exception to this game because it sounds like it's a, a shorter experience, so we'll we'll see. Yeah. Definitely. I, I would say, again, I've platinumed Origins. I put probably 20 hours into Odyssey. I didn't touch Valhalla, and I felt fine. Uh, would I have gotten more had I known? I think there's one Easter egg that Gary talks about that I won't spoil that was lost on me, but otherwise I was like, you know, you don't really need it. It's, it's nice to know the connections, but you can just play the game, so that's great. AC Mirage, folks. And then the last thing I'll talk about really briefly is Alan Wake Remastered. And I'm playing this on Xbox, but the reason I don't feel too bad about talking about it here is because the trophy list in the Xbox achievement list is pretty much identical, with the exception of the Platinum. So my experience in getting trophies on, on the Xbox, I feel, is relevant to still talk about the game on the PlayStation side. And the reason I played it over on Xbox is because I didn't know if I would like the game, and I didn't claim it on PlayStation Plus, <laughs> like we talked about. And I didn't know, again, if I would really want to care about getting the Platinum in this game. And I think, ultimately, I'm, I, I'm happy with the decision I made. I don't think that I'm going to go back and do the Nightmare Mode playthrough that is required for the Platinum in this game. You have to complete the game on the hardest difficulty. You need to find all the collectibles in the game. And there's some collectibles that are manuscript pages which don't spawn except on Nightmare. It's a, it kind of reminds me of Madhouse in Resident Evil 7 and the Antique Coins where there's some different placements there on that difficulty in particular, which is cool. But I, I don't think I'm necessarily going to go for that. And I don't mean that to be a, a, a bash on the game, because I actually think it, from a story perspective, theme, the, the things and the concepts that it talks about, much like Control, I think the game is really, really awesome. Um, you know, the combat, while simplistic, is fun, and it's satisfying. I think the the biggest gripe that I have with the game thus far, and I'm... I'm chapter five of six, so I'm pretty close to the end of the main game. And then I'm going to do the two DLCs that are included in the remastered edition as well. I think the biggest gripe I have is just that the setting is really fun for the first few hours. But eventually the game becomes I'm lost in the woods again with a flashlight making my way from point A to point B. And so, you know, I would say over half the game is combat scenarios in the woods that look pretty darn similar. And they only throw so many surprises at you in the way that the game is laid out. And again, this is a mechanical gripe. This is a more of a gameplay gripe. I, I know a lot of people love this game, and I think it's really awesome. But I'm just saying, for me, approaching it for, for the fresh set of eyes, you know, th this is what I would say that is lacking. Other than that, it's really, really awesome. And I had this moment when I was searching around, because there's a lot of collectibles, like I said, there's coffee thermoses, there's radio shows you have to listen to, which I found all of naturally, which is really fun. You'll you'll be exploring the environment, and you will find a radio, you turn it on, you hear a little excerpt, and you can, you know, it'll save that you listen to that radio show. It's pretty fun. And I'm not using any guides, so I was pretty happy with that. 
There's also manuscript pages, which I mentioned, and then there's TV shows. And the TV shows are really interesting. Much like in Control, when you find them and it plays this little skit in Control, it's kind of the same thing with this game, where it's basically people from the studio, from Remedy, so they're not really well acted or anything, but they just film these little shorts. And this time, the show that they're, they're giving you over and over is called Night Springs. It's sort of a take on the Twilight Zone. It's very similar in feel. And I won't spoil too much else about it because I think, Daryl, you're going to want to play this game at some point too. But I think they're really fun. And it's, it's just a really f- like engaging collectible to find. Every time I found one of these, I, I stop. You know, your character just kind of sits there and watches the TV. It doesn't zoom to fill the screen or anything. You just have to watch it on the smaller screen. But they're really, really enjoyable. The moment I wanted to shout out here is I was exploring in the game and I was walking around this clinic without spoiling too much. And I was just looking for these collectibles. And when I was doing so, I saw all these pictures, and most of them are, you know, different fish or, or different uh, animals because it's in the Pacific Northwest. And they're all kind of, it makes sense for the environment. And I'm walking around, and in this one area upstairs in this, in this clinic, there's just a QR code framed in this little picture on the wall, just next to a whole bunch of the other pictures. And I was like, hmm, that's kind of weird. Didn't really think anything of it, kept exploring, and then came back to it and was like, you know, I'm going to try to scan it. So I took my phone out, scanned the QR code. Sure enough, it took me to Remedy's YouTube page and played this two-minute video that basically syncs up with when the remaster got released of the actor doing this scene from Alan Wake, sort of this like interior monologue in live action form. And I thought that was really, really awesome. And what surprised me even more is that these are hidden videos that you can't see on their YouTube feed. Like they won't show up when you just go to their videos and scroll. The only way that I know how to find them is through these QR codes in the game. And I haven't found any others of them. I'm not looking for guides or anything like that, but I just thought that experience was so cool to just kind of naturally be exploring and find that. So I have to shout that out. And I would, I would recommend this game. I think it's a solid, it's like a solid seven out of 10 from a gameplay perspective, but it's a solid like nine out of 10 from a story and theme perspective. It's, it's really great. So that's Alan Wake remastered. I'm going to do the couple DLCs on there on the Xbox side, and eventually at some point I'll get to Alan Wake 2 on the PlayStation side for the Platinum, but will be some time from now. And yeah, anything to add on that, guys? Otherwise, I'll pass it off to one of you. Daryl? I'm good. The, okay. uh, your experience with Alan Wake definitely has me uh, more intrigued. <laughs> Those QR codes are pretty cool. Dude, it was so cool. <laughs> I thought, like, I thought I found the like this crazy secret. You know, I was like, no way, this is so fun. But yeah, Slugger, anything that you want to ask or add? Otherwise, we'll we'll move on. Yeah, I mean, Final Fan Final Fantasy sixteen. Um, I would say check out the spoiler cast to get our full thoughts. I know Colin dove into the new game plus, but I. <laughs> I hate saying recommend games, but yeah, now you do. <laughs> yeah. Once you get two strikes, dude, I don't know. No one's going <laughs> to. No. The Final Fantasy 16 is a 100% definite recommend. Awesome game. I'm, I'm dreading the new game plus just because I'm fine with like shorter replays. When you look at like Resident Evil games, it's like, oh, cool. I can get through this in like three, four hours. Yeah. But when you're talking about like a 20 to, you know, 20 30 40 hour game having to do a new game plus it's a little daunting and i hate to do it back to back for the platinum so 
I'm worried I'm gonna kick the can down the road on this one and never actually go back to it. <clears throat> yeah, that's why I went back to it so soon. Even though there is DLC coming, so you could wait for that and you know. Yeah, play it we'll there. see. Yeah. I may wait till like the DLC gets announced and then I have a release date, and then it's like, all right, cool. I'll replay the main story again, get the refresher, and then roll right into the DLC. So for sure, maybe maybe that's a good plan. And then um, yeah, Mirage I'll get to eventually. Good stuff there. It sounds like a super easy kind of dope list. Mm-hmm. And then same with Alan Wake Remastered. I really, really want to check out Alan Wake 2, but I'm going to wait until I play Remastered, which I got through PlayStation Plus Extra. Yeah, Thanks, boy. Sony. There you go. Um, and I mean, if you follow a collectible guide, it's it's very straightforward. I just didn't do it because I wanted the experience of not being on my phone when I was yeah, playing the game. for sure. Yeah. So... Yeah, good man. shit. All good games. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate that. Okay. Um, who wants to go next between you two? I I don't care. I, it doesn't matter to me. Someone really want to go? I I don't care either way. All right. Well, that means uh, let's get you going then. <laughs> you're you're gonna you know you're the okay. first one to say something, so you're gonna go. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Looking at dates, I covered a sh- a crap ton of games last time. Oh, um, you've been trying not to swear. I, I have. I'm sorry, Thrawn, if you're listening. I've been swearing up a storm this episode. Does he like swears or does he not like the swears? I, I don't think he particularly likes them, but I don't want to frame that okay. as like he gets offended by it. But I just don't think he uses them. So I, I'm like, okay. I'm trying to be aware of that just because my grandparents always told me like that is just when you fill your speech with that, it, they thought it was like lowbrow, right? Yeah. The studies that have come out have shown that the more you swear, the more intelligent you are. I'll just say Ooh, that. Okay. That. So yeah. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Thrawn, I'm sorry. My mom had a sailor's mouth growing up. So I grew up with F bombs and same all the words you can think of. So I drop them in like it's like it's normal. So I try not to, especially on the show. But anyway, I believe I talked about Omno last because I was 30 October on the, did I hit Necromunda on you did. our last episode? You did. Yep. I remember okay, that. Okay, sweet. Yeah, it was, dude, I had so many games played over the month of October. I was trying to remember where I left off. Yeah, you and Daryl both um, were blazing through shit last month. Yeah. Stuff, stuff, blazing through stuff. <laughs> blazing <laughs> through it last month. Oh. Perfect. That leaves me two games and a little bit of one to cover. So Mega Man, um. Working you guys through my Z to A challenge, you're along for about half the ride. Oh, boy. Mega Man X Legacy Collection for the letter M. I have had very little experience with Mega Man games up to this point. Pretty similar to Crash Bandicoot, like I talked about earlier in the episode. Um, I really only played, like, demos of Mega Man or one-off levels. I remember my grandpa having Mega Man X or the first Mega Man X on his PC. Uh, but I struggled hard with it. I distinctly remember doing the like the opening level over and over and over. I don't think I knew how to save the game because I would go to my grandpa's house, do the first level, beat a boss or two, and then like it was time to leave grandpa's house and go home. So I'd go home and come back and like I had no save. So I had to start at the first level again. Rinse and repeat a hundred times. I never beat that game um but i do have like fond memories of the early stages of Mega Man x in this collection however you get to play through Mega Man x1 x2 x3 and x4 and i'm going into this collection with very minimal 
Mega Man experience. I obviously have like platforming experience and old school platforming experience. Uh, I would say closest thing I've played to this is like maybe Castlevania or Shovel Knight, just like old old school two D platformers that are pretty difficult and require like dying a lot and learning the bosses a lot. So the genre, I got some experience. Mega Man itself, not so much. I had a blast though. There was a there was a couple times I got stuck, but yeah, you had some that... moments, dude, where you were. I was like, I don't know, dude. He's struggling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> in the Discord, I definitely posted a few times. I think maybe once in the trophy room where I was just raging. I'm like, I don't understand how people are getting through this game. Right. Like, so to give you guys, if you're not in the Discord, this platinum is a 23.7% on the rarity rate on PSN profiles. So what I think is a pretty common platinum. It's labeled as uncommon, but I would say if like a quarter of the players got it, like that's pretty common. So I'm getting stuck on these bosses as I'm playing through these games. I'm like, how are people doing this? It makes no sense. I'm getting ahead of myself here, but there are these items you pick up. Every game has them. Or at least one through four has them. They're called sub tanks. I didn't know what they did. I was picking them up because the like uh, collectible guy I was following him, following said, hey, grab these. But they never explained what they did. They're essentially like health potions. Oh, yeah. If you collect them, if your health is full, or if you have sub tanks and your health is full and you pick up health items on the ground, you don't get healed because your health is full, but it starts filling up your sub tank. So if you're in a boss fight and you have four sub tanks full, that's essentially four full health bars. So you can pause the game, go in, activate the sub tank, and it refills your health back up. So some of these bosses, I think I discovered this around Mega Man 3 <laughs> or Mega Man X3. So the first two games, I really struggled. Yeah. Because I was limiting myself. I didn't know what the items did. They don't tell you what the items do. I would go into the menu and hit like a certain, like I would hit the X button on these, but the X button doesn't activate them. It's actually like the O button that act activates them. And that confused me because I would hit X on these things and like nothing would happen. And that's just kind of the old school nature of it. So when I, I finally just like Google like sub tanks, Mega Man. Or like I'm struggling on these bosses and I ended up in a forum and someone's like, oh, if you have like full sub tanks, this should be like a walk in the park. And I'm like, how did sub tanks just give you more ammo? What does that have to do with anything mm. to find out? It's essentially four full health bars when I was trying to do these bosses with one. That makes a ton more sense. Okay. Yeah. So, but dude, these games are a blast. The trophy games are, or sorry. The trophy list for the games are very straightforward. Most of the time it's like collect all the hearts throughout all the stages, collect all the sub tanks, collect all the armor upgrades. And you want to do all that because it'll make everything easier. And then each game has anywhere from like three to six miscellaneous trophies. Uh, for example, I wouldn't really consider like these spoilers because it's Mega Man. There's not much of a story there. There is a light story, but it's kind of hard to follow. But like in X1, nobody knows my sorrow. Cut off flame mammoth trunk 
in Mega Man X. So that's one of the bosses on one of the stages. You can only do it with a specific weapon. So you kind of have to... What I thought was cool, I didn't realize this with Mega Man, is there's like a flow on how you defeat the bosses. Because you'll... You do the intro stage, and then you get like a map, and you have eight bosses or stages to select. Right. And there's like a a proper or easy order to do them. So if I pick stage one, I will, and I beat that boss, I beat him with my normal default blaster. He'll give me like a fire weapon. And that fire weapon is like very effective or strong against like the ice boss. So then I move to the ice boss and then he gives me an ice weapon and that will kind of be worked into the next boss. Every weapon you get from the previous boss will be very effective against the next boss if you're following a guide. Um, so that made it a bit easier to... And it's not... If you go for the Platinum in this game, you don't really require a lot of heavy guide usage. You could do this without the guide. I think you might make it harder on yourself, but the guide is very simple. It It is go to stage... You know, go fight the Flame Mammoth for stage one. Then right. go fight the armored armadillo for stage two, so on and so forth. It just tells you what stage you go to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll just kind of set you up for the next boss. So very simple trophy list, some cool miscellaneous trophies. I really enjoyed kind of going through all of this. Uh, I believe Mega Man X 1, 2, and 3 were all on, like, the Super Nintendo or Sega Genesis old school systems. So it kind of showed with the artwork. I mean, they've aged extraordinarily well. Very, like, good-looking pixel art. The explosions are awesome. I love blowing up the robot enemies you fight. I believe it was Mega Man X4 where it was the first PlayStation 1 game, and you could almost see instantly, like, the leap in graphics, which I really thought was cool. It was a little jarring at first, and it took me a second to get used to. But once I got used to it, I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, this is sweet. Yeah. The stages are beautiful. There are some, I would say each game has one to two stages that'll really make you kind of like earn it. Um, Not only just like the enemies. Enemies are relatively easy to get through, but some of the stages have like just the general platforming is really difficult to get through. Uh, There was a few stages I got stuck, which is where I raged in the Discord. But yeah, overall, I would say a really great time. Um, I... It made me appreciate the series. I'm now like extremely curious to check out the original collections. Like how does Mega Man X compare to original Mega Man? But I'm also curious to see how does the Mega Man X Legacy Collection compare to the Mega Man X Legacy Collection 2 because there's a second X Legacy Collection. And in that one, the last two games in that collection, I think they were PS2 games. And they go into this weird like, it's 2d but there it's 3d and it looks really janky kind of like uh i believe it's code veronica oh yeah with resident sure, evil where they sure. switch to like that weird 3d view yeah it's not it's fixed camera angles but the camera also follows you yeah like it it looks weird as hell and it's like i don't know because like part of what at least what i saw through Mega Man x1 through 4 is like the very simple graphics means the platforming is very tight and it's tight. It's concise. It, it's consistent. Once you learn the game, you can hit just about every jump, every attack, so on and so forth. But once you like add in 3d and you're on a 3d plane, 
it seems like there's more room for error and it i don't know i was watching the trailers and it they just look kind of weird but i'm still interested to check them out but yeah i would say if you like platformers or you're feeling like nostalgic this is a pretty easy trophy list to get into um there is a like novice mode and what i liked about this is they make you beat the game every single game on regular mode you if you like turn on the novice mode or sorry rookie hunter mode is the novice mode so you have to complete every single game without turning on rookie hunter mode but if you want to do cleanup or go back for some of the more difficulty trophies you can go back and turn on rookie hunter mode and make things very easy it's essentially god mode okay um you still take damage but like instead of doing like if an if an enemy hits you instead of doing like 12 you know 10 blips off your health bar it'll be like one so it it felt like god mode so what i would do is i played every game naturally kind of did the order of bosses that the guide recommended picked up all the items for every stage that i could and then once i beat the game i'd go back and do all the cleanup in rookie hunter mode so pretty straightforward i i loved it i own all the collections other than the uh mega man zero zx collection i have no idea what that is but i have it on my wish list now because this collection like completely piqued my interest for you know completing the entire series i had a blast hell yeah well done (laughs) sir well done i know nothing about those games I, i don't know if i'll ever play them but they look cool as hell and the platinum art image is great dude i love yeah i didn't hit the art the trophy artwork is super dope Every time I beat a game, I shared it in the Discord. Like, hey, I beat Mega Man X, beat Mega Man X2. And that was when I really looked at the art. And I, I like thought to myself every time, like, damn, this is really good, like, trophy artwork. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Um, <clears throat> and then the only other game I've played since then, I've, there's a... I'll kind of hit it. I've been doing a bunch of kid games with my daughter on a side profile. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've been rocking... I'm not going to talk about them a lot, but it's fun to bring up. No, no, that's all right. Yeah. I mean, it's good. we were talking about how there's good kids games on the service, too, that have been offered yeah. more recently. So that's that's pretty sweet. Um, it's just Me very daughter- heartening you're playing them with your daughter. That's cool. Yeah. We've been rocking Paw Patrol, My Little Pony, Human Fall Flat, which she doesn't understand because you have to use a right stick to look around, and she's still grasping that, and um, PJ Mask. Okay. And then we got we got Bluey coming out tomorrow. The nice. trophy list is live. I'm half considering reviewing Bluey for our next episode. Oh my god, do um, it, dude! Fucking do it, please. I freaking love Bluey. All right, <clears throat> but yeah, it, it's cool getting my daughter into games. She there's actually been a few times she's been stealing the system from me. Oh, nice. <laughs> I think she's busy and playing with toys, so I'm like, all right, cool. I'm gonna like squeeze 20 minutes in, and she sees me playing. She's like, Daddy, can we play Paw Patrol? And I'm like, shit. Yeah, let's play Paw Patrol. yeah but it's it's still cool all right next up and last but not least i got like a dragon gaiden hell yeah platinum today or no that was yesterday yesterday yeah i think Um, you posted it 15th of november i got the platinum in this game Mm, i liked this game it is not a full yakuza game or like a dragon oh thank god I'm going to use Yakuza from here on out because okay. they did this weird thing where they're switching them all to like a dragon. Uh, I'll just call it Yakuza. Um, 
definitely not a full game. It feels like a bridge between Yakuza Six, or so it like ties in Yakuza Six to Like a Dragon Seven into the new game. Because in the new game, if you've watched any of the trailers, you have the main character Kiryu from Yakuza Zero through Six meeting up with uh, Ichiban, who is the main character from Like a Dragon Seven. And it shows them in like Hawaii together. They're working together. They're doing stuff together. This game kind of closes out how Kiryu gets to Hawaii in the next game, Infinite Wealth. Okay. So um, you're saying I should play it even if I've never touched anything beyond Kiwami. <laughs> you're saying I should jump to this, right? This is the game? We're all going to... No. Everyone jump to this, all right? No. Okay. Okay. Just go ahead and go ahead and play <laughs> Alan Wake 2 and just play this. That's what we're yeah. here. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> okay. Don't don't forget Elmwing 2. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's hard because I do think... Mm, I Like, I want to say, like, oh, yeah, you got to play Yakuza 0 through 6 to understand this. I think you could play Yakuza 6 or even jump into this as long as you get, like, a summary of what happens across the Yakuza series. I'm going to warn everyone listening... This game heavily spoil heavily spoils Yakuza Six and Like a Dragon Seven. There's a few topics they dance around through the story in this game where they hint at things that happen in six and seven. And I'm like, oh, like if you haven't played those games, it's not gonna spoil it too much. They're just kind of like hinting at it. But then I got to the final mission or the final chapter, and um dude, they're dropping cutscenes from six and seven. They're like talking about who died, who got betrayed who lived in six and seven characters from six and seven are popping up that you wouldn't know who the hell they are. If you haven't played those games. And I was like, Oh no, like those games are like required playing to really like fully appreciate what's happening here. (laughs) Yeah. That, yeah, it's a little disappointing, but it makes sense. They pitched this as a bridging title. So I'm not surprised. Yeah. Overall for a Yakuza game, I want to say at First, I was a little disappointed because it's set up a little bit differently in Yakuza 0 through 6 and even 7. As you play through them, there's like side missions and mini games and all that stuff. And the side missions like happen naturally as you're running through the streets. In this game, you have to like, you have a hideout. You got to go to your hideout and you talk to this girl, Akame. She's Akame's awesome. Um, she's like your main ally in this game. And she'll be like, Hey, here's this quest. I mean, they don't call them quests, but the it's essentially a quest. Here's this thing that popped up in the city. You should go do this. So you have to like run to her base, accept it, then run out into the city, talk to the person that she directed you to, and that starts a side quest. In this game, like Yakuza games are very well known for like their zany, goofy side quests. This game lacked a lot of that, and it was kind of short on it. But it kind of makes sense knowing it was almost like an expansion versus or like a filler bridge compared to like a a full yakuza title and on that note the trophy list with it being a bridge title and being much shorter the trophy list is much easier you don't really have to 100 percent anything uh there's like there's a trophy for legendary dragon it says obtain 50 abilities through the upgrade abilities but there's like 80 abilities you can upgrade into so you only have to do like it feels like you only have to do like three quarters of about everything uh you don't have to do all the side quests 
because there's one or two I left hanging uh, just because they required too much work. Uh, there's Coliseum fights, which are kind of like trial modes. You go into this Coliseum and they give you different modifiers and you got to fight and win your way through all of those. That is one of the side games you have to 100%. You have to complete every single Coliseum mode. That's where I struggle the most. There, You really have to take the time to like grind up your fighters and get them to max level to 100% that, and that took some time. And then everything else is like collecting outfits. Super easy because you get money like it's candy on Halloween. Play 10 mini games. That's very different because older games, they want you to like 100% the completion list in the game. And to do that, it'll be like play blackjack and earn 30,000 chips in blackjack. So you have to like, you have to become an expert at every single mini game from Yakuza 0 through 6. And then this game comes in and it's like, oh, just play them play 10 mini games so you just got to check them out you don't have to be good at them you don't have to be bad at them so i kind of appreciated that change there's a couple like that okay uh pocket circuit you got your little slot cars you only had to do like 75 percent of the races you unlock like this secret well mm, i don't want to spoil too much um you don't have to do all the pocket circuit races <laughs> um, okay yeah, overall, a much easier trophy list. You don't have to do 100% on the in-game completion list. The story is, I would say it starts kind of slow, but by the end, I was like, yeah, let's go. Let's keep let's keep going. I want to see what happens. And I would say if you're interested in infinite wealth, this is what I'll end on. This game does come with a trial version for infinite wealth, and it gives you a pretty lengthy, I played the demo for it, it gives you a pretty lengthy like intro to the new game. But then it also offers like a free roam mode for uh, Hawaii, which is where infinite wealth takes place. And you can go into the open world and kind of like explore this small section of Hawaii, do some like side quests, do some mini games. Uh, there's you, you can jump on a Segway and ride a Segway around, which is kind of stupid and fun. So, yeah, overall, I think if you're a Yakuza fan and you're kind of caught up with the story, this is definitely worth it. If Colin, I'm sorry. If you're jumping in blind, I would say you're gonna, you're still gonna get a good game, but you're gonna have no idea what the hell's going on. Okay, and... interesting. I'll avoid it for now. I just thought it looked cool because it was shorter, basically. You know, and I was like, oh, yeah. fun. But maybe eventually. I mean, at some point, I would like to play Kiwami Two, and not to disappoint the PlayStation audience, we have, but they're most of these are on Game Pass, so I might just end up playing them for the story on Xbox at some point, and I would say... getting through it that way. I would say you could easily watch like a 20 minute YouTube video kind of catching you up on everything. Okay. I think it still wouldn't have as big of an impact, but I'm sure there's lore videos out there and summary videos where you could just quickly catch up to kind of <clears throat> check this game out and then play infinite wealth in the new year. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Very cool. Nice, man. Well, good games. I like all those choices. Congratulations. I know you love Yakuza. So that's an awesome one to add to your collection. Very oh, cool, yeah. very cool. You've been living well with Yakuza with that and Gaiden recently, so... Dude, I can't wait for Infinite Wealth after playing this. And yeah, I, and that's... then I, I think after that, you'll probably get a pause for a while. I think that yeah. will be... And then you, it'll be a few more years. So maybe that's when I'll approach the backlog. <laughs> awesome stuff. All right, Daryl, well, take us home with what you have been playing. What do you got for us? Yeah, so uh, first game I'll start off with is uh, Marvel Spider-Man 2. So... Been playing that game, got the platinum uh, last week. 
Platinum took me about two weeks to get. Not bad. So I I definitely took my time with this game. I wasn't going to rush through it. I took my time with this game, played a couple hours um, during my work days, and I think I had one day where I was off from work, and that's when I went really hard on it. I had, like so much time that day that i like basically knocked out like the remaining 20 trophies left that i had so want to wrap that game up it's a fun experience i absolutely enjoyed the story from beginning to end it was great to see the characters all come back for this second game um the story is <laughs> is very very intense it gets very emotional at times i think um, what peter ends up going through is is a very very, very, very cool story. So okay, I enjoy the game. Colin, you and Slugger are gonna have fun with this one when you guys get to it. Oh, I can't wait, dude! I... It's installed, ready to go. It's like literally, like it's fucking ready. <laughs> dude, it, the game is so good. It's not perfect, but it's it's a great game. I really have fun with it. The one thing that really worried me about this game before I got my hands on it was just the. The amount of side content to keep you busy because we've already had spider-man one we've had miles morales there's always been a variation of like the side quests you can do so coming into this game i was a bit worried on what it's going to keep players interested when they're like trying to take a break from the story and and this game does a really great job of like giving you new things to do there's still the typical like you know you got to clear out this base of enemies and stuff like that but I really like some of the additional things they added to the game. So, you know, the game has Miles. So Miles has a quest where you can work with his uncle to acquire like his old tech stashes, which was uh, really fun because, you know, there, there's this conflict between the two of them. And then there's like this history of like him, his uncle and his, and his dad that, that comes up during that quest. So that was really fun to play out. And I got to say, my favorite one, my favorite one by far is the one where you help Howard. No, so it's Howard's not. Howard's had some issues. N no, it's not. Howard, <laughs> you'll, you'll understand when you get to it, but okay. the, Howard has had some trouble with his pigeons over the last couple of games. But his, uh, his story was a very good one. I liked it a lot. It, I, I was thinking of something else, but it was a very cool... Um, very cool mission that I, I liked a lot. Um, but the game does a really good job of keeping you interested while you're um, juggling both that and the story. So I, I was very pleased with that because I was worried. I was like, dude, I really do not like the the rinse and repeat of like clearing out bases and, and stuff like that. I need some variety. So the game provides that. The trophy list. So the trophy list is very easy but it takes a while before you start popping trophies and i remember somebody saying in the discord that they had that same um running with trophies like taking forever to pop and that is true i'll say about maybe like five or six hours in i had only popped like a couple trophies to the mm -hmm. game okay which is strange because you know these these games you would think that they would just keep popping you know, instantly, but it, it takes a while. And my, my, my stats don't really reveal the whole picture, but I think I had popped like my third trophy, probably like a week after 
like my second trophy had popped. So oh, I don't, wow. I can't remember exactly if I had taken a break in between or if I was like out of town, but um, it did take a bit before my trophy, my next trophy had popped. So there, there was some, some gap in between there. Mm, the pacing. But right after that, dude, the, 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 the trophies were popping like crazy. You're, you're like doing side content, the story. So those will come up. Um, as you play the game, did you use a but, guide or phone at all for this, or were you able to just play it and not look at your phone? Um, so you can play the majority of the game um, blind, which is good. The only thing that I use my phone for, which isn't really much, is the um, the path to take when you're going for the sword trophy. Okay, I was just reading you have to that. Use your web wings. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't really find a good route. I was trying to do that blind, but I was like messing up the glide. So I, I just went online and, and found a video to where you can find a pretty, pretty um, consistent route okay. to um, get that trophy. But other than that, everything else was um, pretty easy. I did use like the 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 PlayStation hint the the tips feature that um, the PS Five has for a couple trophies. So I used that. That was quite easy. It basically just gave you the solution. It's not more of a tip. It's more of a solution. Mm. Um, but yeah, everything else was straightforward. Great game. Uh, hopefully in the future, you know, I can get the chance to talk a little bit more about this game. Oh, my gosh. Because, yeah. um, there's some good things about the game and there's some not so good things I would like to expand on for this game. But overall, very great game. Easy trophy list. And uh, I, had a, I had a really good time with this game. It, it, it's kind of sad that it's already over, but I'm, I'm I'm quite glad I got the chance to play this game. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it, Slugger. I'm sure you are as well. Yeah. I would hope that they don't add New Game Plus trophies to this, that they don't add DLC to this game in general. I really would like Insomniac to go and do something. They've done three Spider-Man games now. And they're going to do a Wolverine game. I would like them to return to Ratchet and Clank or a different franchise, personally. But who knows? Spider-Man makes a shit ton of money. So they're probably just going to do Spider-Man 3. <laughs> but either way, I'm very excited to play it. Very, very excited to play it. A few other games I've played, um, not, not as uh, big as Spider-Man 2, but I did play like one more game before October and then uh, another Spooktober game. And I play the Dark Pictures anthology, uh, anthology House of Ashes. Mm. So this is one of those games that came out, I think, on PlayStation Plus Extra, actually. Uh, play that because I had heard that this was probably one of the stronger entries in the anthology series. So I wanted to play it. But then I also guilt tripped my wife, too. I was like, you know, I think this game will actually be a lot better if I played it with somebody and I guilt tripped her. I was like, you never play video games with me. Colin and Slugger's wives, they play with them. So <laughs> can you please play this game with me? Because I did not want to have the quarry vibes happening all over again. Like, dude, this game blows. I can't believe I started it. But yep. I think it wouldn't have been so bad if I played it along with somebody who, by the way, was making the decisions and not me. And I think that's what actually made the game a lot better is because... I didn't. I didn't make any of the decisions. I control the controller, 
but my wife was the one making all the decisions. Oh, which nice. I really enjoyed because <laughs> it's fun because she's never quite played a game like this before. She's like you. She's used to me seeing. Uh, she's used to seeing me play games where I'm like bashing enemies, shooting people. But not like these life or death games where like your decisions have actual consequences. So it was cute to see her play because I think like midway through the game, she's like, am I playing this game right? Are, are these choices you would have made? I'm like, yeah, some of them. I probably wouldn't have thrown like white phosphorus on those people, but everything else is pretty good. <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> I know the part you're talking. I've watched a playthrough for the game, so I know what part you're talking about. Yeah, it's at the very beginning. I think she was like a little bit, uh, <laughs> she was a little bit traumatized after that. She's like, "Fuck but these people!" Was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all, yeah. they're all gonna die. <laughs> we we kind of had a, like a moment re of reflection. I'm like, "So you heard the guy say you can't use that on enemy combatants? Why did you use it?" It's like, "Well, we were about to die." I'm like, "Okay, that that that's a good reason to yeah, use I it." Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> I guess that checks out. <laughs> yeah. But it was fun to see her play for the first time, and like I said, she's not she hasn't really played a game like this, so she came into it blind. And then, like I told her, I told her before we even started the game, you need to be you need to pay attention because things are gonna happen on the fly. You know, there's gonna be some moments where you're like, oh, what do I do? Do I go left? Do I go right? Um, do I hide? Do I run? Stuff like that. And she's like, okay, okay, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. into the game i had a moment where i was like not making any decisions because my wife was on her phone and i'm just like sitting there sitting there sitting there and then she's like not even saying anything i look at her she's on your phone and then i'm like babe uh, what are you doing you gotta make a choice and she's like what what it's already happening i was like <laughs> yeah the game is already going like let's go like you know this guy's gonna die or he's gonna live like what do you want to do yeah so that that happened a couple times at the beginning of the game where she was like like not really invested in it but as soon as the story started to pick up and you know you get to know some of these characters she really wanted to see see it play out she was really like trying to get uh like keep characters alive there's a few months where she really got stuck on like what to do and um you know it, Obviously, I took care of like the the combat encounters. There's a moments where you had to like press a button to like fend off an enemy or something like that. So I took care of that part. But she did all the decision making, which was really fun. So I think that was what helped me to get through that game, and which actually makes me excited to go back to it because now I told her I was like. Uh, I don't think this is over because now we got to go back and do all the different decisions you didn't make the first time around. So like now we're going to see now you're going to have to force people to die. You know, like the like characters who you were trying to have live to the end. Now you're going to have to like make them die. Yeah. So we're, we're going to play that one. That's going to be the fun playthrough. It's like, no, I can't make people die. I was like, well, that's part of the trophy list. You got to do it. You got to you got to make it happen. <laughs> Yeah, um, but that's but funny, a really cool game. I I really had fun with this one. This was fun. Um, yeah, I really like the story a lot and the characters, and I'm really excited to go back to this game. So very cool um, game. I'm interested about the other ones, and I, I know Man of Madame was a bit rough. I know Gary had a 
he did really did not enjoy his time with that game. Uh, Little Hope, I'm not sure if people were fond of that game as well, but we'll see. We'll see. After this one, I'm kind of interested in playing them just yeah. you know, out of curiosity, but we'll see. The other one that really catches my eye is The Devil in Me. So yeah, that, that seems I've heard cool. that. Yeah, I don't want to spoil your take, actually, so I'll let you explore it. <laughs> you explore all of them at your leisure. <laughs> yeah. Um, lastly, but not least, I've um, had a moment where I couldn't really figure out what to play next after I, I did uh, Spider-Man 2. So it took me a few days to figure out what I wanted to play. So ultimately, I went back to my backlog, found the game that I wanted to play. So I started that up. And I, I played a little bit of Little Big Planet three. Ooh! So started that game uh, seven years ago, actually. Holy I only shit. popped one trophy. Seven years? <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Yeah, it, it was a game. You know that that's been in my backlog for a while, and it, it seemed like the easier option for me to cho- to to play. So played a little bit of it, and then I think after like a couple of nights, I popped like almost half of the trophies on the list. So that kind of encouraged me to continue on with it. You know, I haven't really played it for a few days now, but you know, it's definitely a game that I, I can I can play. I don't know why I never continue with it. Maybe it's just the whole um, aesthetics behind it. it. It felt too kiddy to me, but. The, the time that I spent with it recently, I found that it was quite enjoyable. So um, can't wait to actually get back to it because there there's some heroes you can unlock that grants you like different abilities. They all have like their abilities that helps with like getting to certain areas that are hard to reach. So I'm having fun with it. It was quite fun. Nice. That's awesome, yeah. dude. That's some, that's some good ones, bro. Everyone's making some good progress. You got a couple you can continue to clean up. I should be cleaning up here too very soon. And yeah, I uh full disclosure, I bought Modern Warfare 3 a couple nights ago. Oh shit. So <laughs> after my ga- my game plan was originally to do Mass Effect 2 in December, which ugh, I just really need to get to that game, but now I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to do Spider-Man 2 next as Platinum 100, and then I'm just going to get Modern Warfare 3 done. I'm just going to do it. I got a couple friends who want to play as well. There's a couple people in the Discord who want to play it. I'm just going to get it done, start the cleanup, and then continue that into next year. That's The, the guy goal. just dropped. Yes. Yes. On PSN? See, 6 out of 10 difficulty. 50 hours for that DLC, my friend. Oh, let's go, dude. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Yeah, Not actually, that, that's kind of what I heard, actually, was that it's about 10 hours of campaign trophies and then 40 hours of zombies. But if you have friends, I don't think it'll be too bad. So, yeah, zombies is good. And even if I can just do that slowly over time, once I get the campaign trophies knocked out, at least my percentage will be back to a normal level. So that's probably one I'm going to have installed for a few months and play through it alongside other single player games or something like that. But very good guys. Well, thank so, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I forgot. Cause I'm looking at my list on PlayStation profiles. So it's not updated because I have not pl- popped the trophy on the other game I've been playing, which oh, shit. I totally forgot, which is God of War Ragnarok a year later. How you forget about God uh, of War Ragnarok. I, dude, I'm looking at my <laughs> list. It, it's, it has not 
you know, filter to the top because I haven't popped the trophy yet. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. It's still sitting like in the middle of my of my profile, but started playing that. I started over again, wasn't really that far into the story. So I think I am fully invested on it this time because I've gotten further than where I was last year. And, you know, the story is, you know, pretty cool. I'm enjoying it so far. And where am I at right now? So I, I just got to the part where you encountered Freya. Oh, yeah. Uh, she's like in the, the Valkyrie Council area. Yeah. So just okay. got done with that part. Pretty cool. Uh, I'm enjoying this so far. So I, I think I'll finally be able to play it this year, beginning to end. All right, man. Well, that's that's incredible news. I'm so excited you're back and playing that game. It's really, really a wonderful game. There's a very small minor critiques I have of it, but it's it's so fun. The trophy list is great. By the time we get to episode 100, because our next sort of time we'll talk about what we've been playing and maybe game of the year stuff for us as well. Episode 100, two episodes away. So hopefully we can hear more about God of War Ragnarok from you then. Be curious to see where it lands for you in the scope of this year overall. All right. I think that's going to do it for us here on episode 98 of the show. Again, we're two episodes away from episode 100. Really looking forward to that. Don't forget to submit your pictures for Spider-Man 2 to Maximum. I also wanted to shout out, I talked about Portland Kevin's podcast, PlayStation Plus Game Club. Go and check that out. Go and check out Pat the Trophy Hunter, twitch.tv slash Pat the Trophy Hunter. Also his YouTube channel at Pat the Trophy Hunter for some content there that's really fun. Trophy Hunter just going after shit. We talked about how he digs into franchises you want to see him play through all of Tomb Raider, for example, the VODs are there for that. He's also got some guides on the, on his YouTube, which is really cool. And also I wanted to shout out Smackerly just posted his episode six, I think, of Tri-State Pop, the podcast he's been trying to work on and get going. So if you're curious about that, it's more pop culture, maybe a little more conversational. Go and check that out as well. With that, we'll close up shop. Daryl, where can people find you at? Uh, you can find me on Discord, uh, PlayStation, PSN Profiles, uh, at the Tall Simone Guy. All right. Slugger, where can people find you at? Discord, PSN Profiles, and the PlayStation Network at SluggerJD. And uh, X or Twitter at Slugger underscore JD. And if you're looking for me on Xbox, which doesn't happen often, but I am on there, that's Slugger underscore JDD. The double D, baby. And you can find me on Xbox and PlayStation, Discord, PSN Profiles, YouTube, and Twitch, all at CK Present. Until next time, take care, everybody. Happy gaming, and goodbye!